This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 855-453 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-855-453-3733. Here with you tonight, it's Ian, JJ, and Mark. All right, so once again, 855-453, toll-free number. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Got some uh, interesting and outrageous stuff uh, in the news that uh, are definitely worth talking about here tonight, including uh, something that JJ is going to share with us uh, here in a few moments about, uh, well, mom called, uh, or I think it was a parent called uh, the police to transport a disturbed young man to the hospital. That's right. And we'll tell you what happened with the police Uh, It's a really unusual police uh, call story. Uh, We'll tell you about that here in a moment. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Also, news about uh, Sheriff Joe. Old Sheriff Joe, the uh, toughest sheriff in America. Joe Arpaio. Yeah, so uh, there's news out of uh, Salon.com. says his world is crumbling. We'll find out uh, what that means. 855-450-FREE here. Also, um, I've been banned from yet another... uh, Location. I'm, Pretty soon you won't be able to leave the house. It's it's looking like that. Uh, this is uh, the, the college campus here in Keene, uh, Keene State College, on which I have been a number of times. But usually I'm able to go in and leave before security uh, arrives. And there's been a couple incidents where I've just been there too long and I've been unable to avoid the security people. So last time I was told that I needed to have a some sort of a permission slip or whatever to do outreach to students at the campus. And when I made it clear that that kind of bothered me because, you know, free speech, I'm paying for the school, so shouldn't I be able to come there and hand stuff out to people during class changes if I want to? Uh, They basically said, no, we don't even allow our students to do that. Uh, You, if you're a student, have to, and you as somebody else who's not a student, if you want to be able to interact with the students in any way, shape, or form, you have to ask permission. And we'll give you permission, they say. They give everybody permission, so they claim. We'll give you permission. You can set up a table in the uh, student center. And you can sit at the table the entire day if you would like. You can you know, have, a, have it for a while. You can only do it as a non-student twice uh, per month. Uh, but if you are running a table, you cannot actually reach out to someone from behind the table. So, Mark, if you were walking by as a, as a college student in the student center, I could not say, hey, come on over and take this uh, world's smallest political quiz or something like that. I could wow. not do any kind of beckoning uh, to the no individuals. No call to action, basically. C- correct. Correct. So you you know pretty much have to stand quietly behind the table and maybe have an interesting visual to entice uh, the students to come over and talk to you, which is really different than what I was doing, which is at the end of the class uh, schedule, they have you know, class changes at the toward the end of the hour, uh, like 45 minutes after to the top of the hour is their class change. And uh, so I would go out with some other activists. We'd have a bunch of flyers, and then you know, there's this rush of students for that 15-minute period, and then just hit, hand out as many of these uh, flyers as, as possible. And it was really effective. I mean, we were giving out probably a couple hundred flyers in one 15-minute swap. Sounds effective, yeah. So, of course, you know, whenever you do effective activism, uh, they don't like that very much. And they told me, you can't do that anymore or else we're going to get a trespass order against you. So today, it's not what I did. I actually went down with a megaphone um, and (laughs) started telling the... (laughs) Megaphones make people happy. Go ahead. uh, The kids loved it, uh, from all I could tell. They didn't seem bothered by it at all. Of course, I was talking about smoking pot uh, through the megaphone, uh, being that tomorrow's 420. Which is typically popular with college students. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, I made a joke at one point about how I I didn't think I got the wrong college. 
college because I, I heard this wasn't a drug-free zone or whatever, and there were some chuckles. Anyway, so that's what I was doing. So they hadn't told me I couldn't use a megaphone on the college campus. <laughs> it's not like I hadn't gone back and, and you know handed out flyers. I would have flyered today if I had them, but uh, the guy putting together the 420 celebration tomorrow didn't get back to me with them in time. So I figured, well, I still want to get the word out about the 420 thing because – as we did last year and the year prior to that, um, activists are going to be in front of the state house tomorrow in Concord, New Hampshire, and there will be cannabis smoked. So I wanted to get the word out to college students who many take the day off on Friday. There's usually very few classes, if any at all, on Fridays. So it's a perfect uh, opportunity for college kids to get in the car, pile in the car, and head on up to Concord for a, a day trip and have a little 420 Wake celebration. up early, get there by 3 or 4 in the afternoon. Right, Exactly. <laughs> And so that's all I was doing uh, today. And then I noticed the security guards were coming my direction. And I did a 180 and started heading off the uh, the campus. They got you. Daryl was there, one of the new movers from uh, – he just moved up from San Antonio, Texas. So he's already been banned from somewhere and he's only been here for two weeks. Wait, what? Daryl was Darryl banned Daryl was, was well? with me. Yep. So we're, yeah, Copper, you'll never catch me. We're walking off the campus. I, we'd actually split off and uh, went two directions. Unfortunately, he didn't know where he was going because he'd never been to the campus before. And uh, as I'm walking towards – the Tough. parking lot. I got to get out of here. The cops are coming. Uh, <laughs> he was going in the general right direction, and it's not a very big college campus. You keep walking, you will run off the end of it. Yeah, yeah. he got there. Yeah. Um, so we were going back to the parking lot where he was parked, and as I'm walking around this building, I guess they'd sent one of the cops around the other side of the building <laughs> to cut me sneaky, off. Sneaky guys. And uh, so this uh, security, he's a college security guard. He comes up and he says something to me about like "hello there" or something. And I said, well, hey, "Good afternoon." I said, "Hey, good afternoon." And I just keep walking right on past him. <laughs> right, right, he's right. like, "You heading off the campus?" I'm like, "Yep." He's like, okay then. And so he didn't do anything else besides kind of follow me a little bit. And then out in the parking lot, there was another one because there were two of them that were on us. Another one out there getting Daryl's license plate number down. And he's calling something out on his two-way. And so as we're heading back to the Keene Activity Center, uh, we're pulled over by Keene Police Department. And that's when they issued me and Daryl no trespass orders on the entire college campus property, which – that kind of freaks me out because I don't know all the different places these guys have, have uh, a bunch of buildings. Buildings. Right. So, was Daryl actually partaking in the megaphoning? Nope. Um, he was just kind of there with me. So, was he was he making any sort of disturbance? He was. Well, I mean, I wouldn't call megaphoning during class uh, changes a disturbance, oh, but no. he was talking to people about the fourth one. I mean, he he was just talking to people. He wasn't sh- he wasn't running around or starting things on fire. No, no. I mean, no. he was talking maybe loudly at some points. So um, it seems like they they sort of banned him by association. Of course. Well, but they can ban anybody they want. The way it's private they property see, is what I was told. The way they see it, it's private property, and it really. Is. No, it's not. Well, it's it, public. It, it is in the sense that the government stole money from you. That's right. So if you really think that in some way or shape or form a public university is public, well, you know, here's news for you. It's well, not. Right. Apparently, neither are the public state liquor stores, uh, nor are the public government uh, high schools and middle schools and government school administration building, nor is the public jail. Uh, you know, all these so, places, the public courthouse, these are all places I have been banned and most of them I am currently banned from. So where are you not banned from that is a government building? I can still go to district court, Okay, the city building, um, most of the city properties the post office. I, I can visit, post office. Uh, but there's significant uh, swaths of property that sure. uh, are ostensibly or should be ostensibly public that are absolutely paid for by tax dollars that I have been told if I set foot on them – I will be put in a jail. So, so I think trespass. the banning started with 
the, the jail. In, the individual of uh, the jail, that's right. A couple jail, years ago. And then uh, Central Square, mm-hmm. uh, there were some bannings with Derek and Bo. Can you go to Central Square? I can go to Central Square. That's good. That's nice. For now. And now they've extended. Now they're just like, it's a knee-jerk reaction. If Ian shows up somewhere... Then Bam! That's that's the response. You got a pre-written trespass order. <laughs> <laughs> they, they all got together and had this little meeting. It's like, oh, this guy Ian, we we just want to go, and I, I don't know what to do. He just keeps using free speech and the right to assemble, he which keeps, of course, a bunch yeah. of crock of garbage. What a what a load! I mean, free speech. Wow. There's no free speech. There's no free speech in places that matter. If you want to go and speak. Out in the woods somewhere? Cool. No one cares about that. Sure. No one's going to hear you. But if you want to go and speak somewhere where, you know, it's a government property, they're not going to like that very much. No. Unless your speech is, yeah, government, woo, it tax me more. <laughs> Unless that's your speech, they're going to tell you to get lost. Oh, sure. Those workers don't want to hear about how their job is, is part of this corrupt system that is hurting mm-hmm. people. No, they don't want to believe that. They want to live in that fairy tale where they're they're helping people. They're They're for the public good. They just don't want to hear anything. I mean, yeah. there's that, but also, I mean, I'm at, I'm just at a school doing outreach. One of the, when you're growing up, you're told that college campuses are this icon yeah. of uh, respecting free speech sure. and diversity and different ideas. Right. I mean, you know, this is this is where people come to share ideas. It's nonsense. Eight five five four fifty free. Don't believe me? Go ahead. Try doing some of these things. <laughs> Try actually speaking out and uh, right to assemble on. Public property that you pay for and watch what they do. 855-450-FREE. Free Talk Live. Hello, my friends, and welcome to a 30-second edition of Verbal Surgery. I'm your verbal surgeon, Tim A. Cummins, here to radiate your brain for maximum gain. And let me tell you, my friends, get on to the verbalsurgery.com train. Come check it out. Listen to this podcast, and you will feel better right now because you are awesome. Looking forward to seeing you at verbalsurgery.com. Take it easy, baby. Awesome. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in, toll free, bring up anything you want at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us over at freetalklive.com, and you can get tuned in there to our live streams, which hopefully should be working. It seems like they are. We had to do a, a, a flip-over today. It's pretty rare. Flip-over? Is this a technical rare. term? Uh, no. It's pretty rare that this happens. Uh, the uh, service provider for our website had to flip um, IP addresses. Like they had to change all the IP addresses on their system. I don't know if that means they were they're like signing up with a new provider or something yeah, like that. Uh, it's pretty rare that that happens with dedicated hosting. And so that happened to us, uh, and we we made that flip today. So actually, I think the website was down as of what a few minutes ago. I don't know if it still is. Yeah, I saw it down. So how are the streams working if the website's down? Through the magic of technology. Um, anyway, so you can go and enjoy our website when it works. How over do you get at, to the streams if the website isn't up? 
Well, if you have them bookmarked, you could. Uh, you can always just type in if you like. If you have like a Winamp or a Windows Media Player or iTunes, you can open up a, a URL in the program. You can type in hi.freetalklive.com, and they'll take you to our high bandwidth stream. H i g h, and then there's mid m i d, and then there's low tomorrow on four twenty. Huh? Like what you're going to be tomorrow at four on four twenty? Yeah, lots of people will actually. It'll be great. And so you can type all that uh, stuff in there, and uh, then you can connect directly to the streams. But anyway, you can go to listen.freetalklive.com when the site's up and running, and you can get tuned in that way. Lots of different options there. Join more than a million people who've trusted LegalZoom.com for their common legal documents. You can incorporate a business or create your own will or living trust, even register a trademark. All the common legal documents that you need in your life, you can get them far, far less with LegalZoom.com. Now, they're not attorneys, but they were founded by attorneys. It's LegalZoom.com. Use coupon code FTL to save $10 on your order, LegalZoom.com, coupon code FTL. All right, so let's talk about what happens sometimes when you call the police. Frequently, uh, you're, you'll call the police, and some and sometimes we see it happening with parents and their, their kids, and I think you've got a, a case like this, uh, JJ, where right. the police were called on a 17-year-old who was mentally uh, perturbed or disturbed or something like that. And in a lot of cases, we'll see instances where the police will come and they'll make things worse. The police will come and they'll cause even more of a disturbance or they'll uh, they'll arrest somebody who nobody intended to be arrested in the first place or they'll do something that's completely outside the scope of what you expected them to do. And that's part of what this story is about. But there's an interesting twist here in that the person who intervened, because somebody intervened in the police, was another officer. That's right. So what happened? Now, this news story uh, comes out of New Jersey, uh, Bogota, Bogota, New Jersey. And uh, I'm going to read this. I'm going to read this story from uh, Reason.com. Whenever I read a news report about police assaulting a homeless guy or unleashing a stream of pepper spray on peaceful protesters, I always wonder where are the good cops? I mean, we're constantly assured that most police police officers are good cops, and that their reputation is being besmirched by a few bad apples. So why yep. aren't those good cops busy tasering their off-base colleagues, or at least giving them a good something? The answer, it appears, is Regina Tasca. She's a Bogota, New Jersey police officer who responded to a medical call to transport an emotionally disturbed young man to the hospital. As per protocol, she called for backup. Two officers from Ridgefield arrived to the scene and proceeded to whomp on Kyle, the guy they were supposedly helping, according to WPIX. Quote, Tasca, this is a quote from the uh, WPIX story. Tasca described what we see on the videotape. Quote, the Ridgefield Park officer automatically charges and takes him down to the ground. I was quite shocked. As he's doing that, another Ridgefield police officer flies into the scene in his car, jumps out, and starts punching him in the head. So these are officers Unquote. from a different department that are responding? Yes, a different uh, municipality. I see. Just because it's one of those small towns, they don't have that many people on, it, yeah. that sort of thing? It, well, it seems like it's one of those towns that's just uh, in a series of suburbs. So like you you have adjoining towns. It's uh, mm. New Jersey, so I imagine it's... I, I don't know. I don't know the exact location, but I'll, I'll continue with the story. On the tape, you hear Tara, the mother, and Kyle, her son, screaming, Why are you punching him? And stop punching me. The two Ridgefield police sergeants are never heard refuting the claims that they punched the 22-year-old man as he was waiting for an ambulance. Even worse, Kyle was never charged nor arrested for any offense. Oh, God. Tasca says it's because he never threatened, did not have a weapon, and indeed never resisted and was not violent. Just got punched on. 
Eventually, Task was able to pry the punching Ridgefield police officer off Kyle, as seen in a picture taken by Kyle's mother, who also later commended Tasca in a phone call. And uh, going back to the reason story, you know what comes next, right? Yeah. After physically intervening against two violent colleagues in blue, Tasca's job is at stake. She faces a departmental trial on charges that she's psychologically unfit to be a police officer. Wow. Right. So a police officer intervenes in what appears to be the unjust beating of a citizen. By her dis- you know, definition, she decided this is not right. Somebody somebody needs to do something, and I'm the only one who can do it without you know, facing criminal charges. Because exactly. the way they see it, a police officer can't initiate force unless... They initiate force against another police officer. Every forceful action against a police officer, whether it is a reaction or not, is an initiation as they see it. So this lady wasn't reacting because the reaction, because whatever's going on in the world doesn't matter. You know, like a cop can slug you in the face. If you spit back at him, you're the one who's going to be charged. That's right. Yep. Now, now, I'm not saying that every cop's walking around slugging people in the face. I'm not saying that. But apparently... This police officer believed that that's what those two police officers did, and you can see what's happened. I mean, this is – they get a different form of justice than the rest of us get. I, I think this is uh, – you know, we talk a lot on this show, especially – you know, I've been on Thursdays for quite a while now, um, and it's very often where all – my news story that I'm talking about has something to do with a cop that did something wrong. Well, here's a case where we have a police officer – who did the right thing in this one situation in which she tried to stop the abuse that she saw. And now, instead of being heralded, instead of being, you know, commended by the uh, department and awarded medals, she is being driven out because that sort of behavior is not fit for a police officer in New Jersey's... uh, And the reason is, is because the department can handle, from a legal standpoint, two officers running off and beating on somebody. What they cannot handle is police officers that disagree on a story. You can't break the thin blue line. Yeah, if you've broken the thin blue line, if you tell a different story, then the department is open to huge lawsuits. And they don't want to be open to lawsuits. Look, I don't care how many teeth you kick out of some young person, some young male, because they're... You can almost always get away with beating up one one of them. Oh, yeah, people yeah, know they're dangerous. Especially if their skin is darker. How many teeth you mm. kick out of their mouth, it doesn't matter as long as you keep your story straight, yep. people. Right. Yeah, in fact, uh, speaking of the thin blue line, when I was pulled over today, the officer had a special patch on his, uh, I guess his badge. A piece of black tape across yeah, his badge. black thing. tape with a blue line yep. or whatever. So it's some sort of uh, in memory of the cop that got shot on the drug raid uh, that happened a couple weeks ago in Greenland, New Hampshire. I have had to make a fire call today, and at the fire station, they're running the flags at half-mast, too. Mm. Just about every fire station in New Hampshire is doing the same thing. Yep, and apparently the guy had a a funeral today, and thousands of people had turned out for the funeral procession because he's a hero. He invaded someone's home, right? uh, And attempted to steal that person's freedom if he stayed out of somebody else's house. That's true. That's right. Anyway, so uh, so is there more to this story here? I mean, she's looking at uh, being she's been suspended, I presume. She's being she's under investigation. Yeah, I, They're calling her psychologically unfit to be a police officer. I, that's as far as the. Re- Hi. 
I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. And the mics are open. <laughs> 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Good times. Hey, hey. <laughs> they had technical troubles going out. Technical <laughs> right. troubles coming in. Yeah, that last segment, uh, we just blabbed right on into the commercial break without even realizing that. Uh, hey, I, I, that was, was that a, time? I blame you. Board up. It's quality talk. That's true. Good point. And you missed it if you were listening on the radio. <laughs> if you're on our internet stream, you got to hear the extra minute and a half or however many it was. Uh, 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can, of course, join us over on our our website at freetalklive.com. We have a lot of features that await you there, including news updates over at news.freetalklive.com. You can go there and you can enjoy the uh, the news updates. You can get them via email. You can receive them uh, on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, so once again, head over to news.freetalklive.com. That's if our website's working. And at the moment, it does not appear to be. So bear with us. Uh, it is a free service, and we're switching over, flipping to flipping. a new IP that's address, and I have a feeling that's part of what's going on here. It was working earlier today. Eight five five four fifty free. So, talking about a uh, police officer in Bogota, Bogota, New, new Jersey. Jersey, who has decided. I wonder how they pronounce that in New Jersey. Probably what. Bogota? I couldn't tell you. I don't have, thankfully haven't spent enough time around heavy uh, New Jersey accents, but. <laughs> She's been suspended and is under investigation for being unfit to be a police officer. Now, the reason for this is because she intervened when two officers were beating on a 17-year-old male when they were called to this particular location to escort this 17-year-old male to the hospital for some sort of a out, outburst or something it like just, that. Uh, it, it said emotionally disturbed, so you know that, that's, that could be any number of things as far as I know. But the the point that she made was that uh, Kyle was never charged or arrested because he wasn't violent. He didn't have any weapon. He wasn't right. resisting. He wasn't doing anything. Just got himself a good beating. Yeah, just getting uh, apparently. Yeah, there are police officers out there, plenty of them, uh, that believe that the best way to deal with mentally ill people is physically harming them. Well, didn't and- she say that the the first officer just right ran right up to this guy and jacked him? Yes. Like there wasn't any kind of con- conversing or, you know, FU copper or anything there's, like that? There's tape of this uh, that that shows what what happened from, I believe, the dash cam of one of the uh, Tasca's uh, cruiser. So basically, and uh, just to recap, for because we probably lost it in the, that last uh, mix-up, but uh, Tasca is the only female on the fir- the force, the first female on the force, and she's also a lesbian. So She believes that may have something to do with this. Yes, of course, the, uh, the we we all know that because she crossed the thin blue line and and you know interrupted that the the you know the mafioso, if you will, that that's the real reason. I, I Well, that that's certainly the reason this this initiated, but that doesn't mean there aren't uh, some feelings so, of anger sure. or like, you know, jealousy behind it, uh, perhaps by some misogynistic police officers who have a it problem could with women. Be, uh, uh, you know, a mitigating factor, but I feel like a 30-year-old white guy who was a police officer that in some way separated his 
fellow police officers from beating on somebody for no good reason would probably be facing the same thing. You're probably right. Take a look at Bradley Jardis, who uh, received all kinds of ridicule from his fellow police officers for his stand on the war on drugs. And, you know, there's... He doesn't fit any of those uh, categories. Well, as and as you know, we said in the last segment, basically that there's a lot of talk about the cops doing wrong on the show, and you know now we're highlighting a cop that did right. But even then, it's like Still more cops are doing, cops wrong doing wrong around her. It's like this one never, good cop yeah. is doing something, or at least in this incident. Now, I'm not saying that everything she ever did was good, and I'm not saying that she didn't perpetrate any sure. victimless crimes. Um, um, she or, could be the least bad cop on the, exactly. the squad. But at least she has She could be the least sense. good cop on the squad for all we know. She just happens to be, uh, you know, she happens to have hit the, the news hit with well, this story. Well, she's courageous. I it, mean, how it many, seems courageous. Yeah, how many cops are going to intervene? You know, there, I, I'm sure there's good cops out there that think about it, that think about, okay, look, this guy's getting carried away. And just watch them beat someone down. Right. They're unconscious. They're clearly not resisting anymore. And you know he's like, okay, let's let's stop it there. And but she could they, have been one of the cops who who joins in. I mean, lots of cops would. would you see that as an excuse to come, come in and start kicking? Yeah, my my sister was an, uh, a police officer in the Air Force, and she told me that in in some cases, female officers would be far more hardcore than male because they had something to prove. And mm. so she would see, you know, Gotta prove hear, they're one of the guys. Huh? Yeah, hear of incidents where the the female officer reacted way over the top. And it was like basically dragged off uh, the subject. Let's go to your calls. Uh, Robert is on the line in New Jersey. Robert, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, JJ, and Mark. Hey, how you doing, guys? What's on uh, your mind, Robert? Uh, just a, an FYI as well. Uh, in New Jersey, it's Bogota. Bogota? <laughs> Bogota. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I was just calling to uh, let you know, I was the one that set up the uh, Lemonade Freedom Day last year. Oh, Excellent. And uh, this year we're planning to do it again, but uh, last year was kind of a spur-of-the-moment thing. It was like a last-minute thing toward the end of summer. So uh, this year we're, we're, we're trying to encourage uh, people to set up lemonade stands all year long instead of just one specific day. And then we're going to finish off the summer with that one specific day that we're calling Lemonade Freedom Day. But we're really uh, trying to push it hard to, uh, to get kids to go out and maybe, you know, twice a week or, you know, just even in the front of their house or wherever they can and just set up a lemonade stand and make it more, more common. Um, and just to kick it off, we're actually going to be at the, the, the Philly, Philly Freedom event this uh, Sunday oh, great. Along with Ron Paul. So, um, and, and we won't have a permit to uh, operate. We, we have a permit for the table, but not to vend food. So nice. uh, we're, we're, we're going to have to see. Now, how where is this event like taking place in Philly? It's in Philly. It's on uh, uh, Independence Mall. So that's public property then? Um, yeah, I guess it's, I guess it's uh, considered a park police that, that would be there. I'm not sure. Okay, interesting. And are you going to have uh, younger children serving the lemonade? Because it seems like adults have a lot tougher of a time. I know that our very own Meg McLean, uh, who's been on this show for uh, for quite a while, she's now down in the the D.C. area. Uh, She set up a table and she was arrested for it. Yeah, well, it's interesting. She's actually going to be there um, as well. And so is uh, the Bab family from uh, Jim Bab's family. Um, I know you're familiar with them. Great uh, activists. Yeah, and we're, sure. all, we're all going to be running the, running the table, and it's rain or shine, so uh, I hope uh, to see people out there and get some lemonade from us. Outstanding. Well, I know that uh, this is there's a lot of buzz around this Philly event. I mean, we had Jordan Page call earlier this week to talk about how he's playing the event. 
there's, uh, you know, Ron Paul's going to be there, and it's Philly, so people from New York and all over the place, different population centers could come there. So this is going to be a real big event. And we've heard estimates of 2,000, 10,000, 20,000 people could possibly uh, be attending this event. You and see so, some of the Ron Paul rallies. Those numbers aren't out of the no, absolutely. pale at all. And, uh, yeah. and I know the Free State Project is going to be there with a table as well, and we've sent down all, all manner of uh, Free Keen and Shire Society and Cop Block uh, propaganda. We sent literally a whole tote of, wow. uh, of flyers and uh, trifolds great. and stuff down there. So oh, cool. We'll be if, represented. If you want, I could put some in, at, our, at our table as well. I actually have a... Uh, a flyer that uh, Derek J gave me to uh, print out, and, and I'm going to be handing those out as well. I think it's the uh, Do You Value piece. Neat. Fantastic. Well, I'm glad um, to hear that. And what's the Lemonade Liberation website? Uh, LemonadeFreedom.com is, is the website. And like I said, I, I like to encourage people to uh, go out all the time throughout the entire summer. And, and I'm, I'm even encouraging people to send me their info, send me their event information, uh, make YouTube videos, either themselves or their kids, supporting Lemonade Freedom Day. Mm-hmm. And and I'll post it all up on the website. So what's the purpose um, of Lemonade Freedom Day? What's the, what, what are you trying to get across? Um, well, well, I mean, the, the, it started off with, from uh, seeing the, the kids' lemonade stands. There were uh, numerous, numerous news reports of kids' lemonade stands being shut down last year mm-hmm. um, for not having permits and licenses. And as a matter of fact, there was actually one this week in oh the Boston Marathon, a, a bunch of kids that were selling in front of their, in front of their home. <laughs> Uh, during the Boston Marathon. They were also shut down by the health department, I believe. Oh, God. Um, There's no yeah, shortage so, so of these I mean, stories. It's because watered-down yeah, yeah, Kool-Aid is bad for you. I had real lemonade yeah. last time I was at a lemonade stand, Mark. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad. I'm just saying that usually when I stop off at these things, and most of the times they're not activist things, I just like to support young people who are setting up these, you know, trying a little entrepreneurship. So the idea is to, uh, you know, to put a lemonade stand out there that's going to not uh, be so push, easy to push over. Um, yeah, well, we want to get the message out there. I mean, we, I, I think it's an important lesson for kids, first of all. Um, I mean, it's two aspects to it. The, the first issue is the kids. I think it's important for kids. Um, it's a great learning experience for them. They, they learn about money. They learn about responsibility, things like that. Um, and then there's the, the, the other issue that I'd like to kind of try to bring people into, people that, people that don't normally consider it. But just, just the, the, the fact that, you know, uh, Hold that thought. We'll come back to you here in moments. More with Robert. Sure. Free Talk Live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. Toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that are awaiting you there. And if you like the show and you like how the website's free, which it's down right now, though, uh, if you like the website when it works, then you can send us a contribution through the AMP program. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And that means that we'll take three bucks a month in from you and other listeners who want to contribute, and we'll invest that money into the show. We'll get on more radio stations around the country, bring more internet listeners on board, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. 
In fact, if you haven't heard, Free Talk Live had the the great honor of being listed at number 52 on Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100. I'm very excited about this. 100 most influential talk show hosts in America. We were number 79 the year prior to that, I believe 84 prior to that, in the 90s prior to that. So I mean, we've been on the list for a few years, but this is the biggest jump that we've ever had. We yeah. went uh, 27 spaces up from 79 to number 52. Wow. Talkers Magazine bills itself as the Bible of the talk radio industry or something mm-hmm. like that. And, uh, you know, it's hard to argue considering there's really no other magazine out there that focuses. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. And, and I guess they're not, they're not doing uh, print. Uh, anymore now they're they're online correct so you know it's it's they are the biggest name in the talk industry they put out a list of the 100 most important talk shows in america and free talk live has been on that list for years and now we're at 52 and however we would not be where we are today if it weren't for everybody who listens to the program but also everybody who supports the show and i mean advertisers Affiliates, our radio stations, everybody that, uh, you know, downloads the podcast and especially the Free Talk Live amplifiers. It's it's the Free Talk Live amplifiers who've made this possible, because if it weren't for the amp dollars that have been coming into this show, as they have on a monthly basis for the last several years, we would not have been able to afford our advertising campaign with Talkers magazine, which means we wouldn't have been able to afford to go to the industry conventions that Talkers they put on a convention every year in New York City. We've been going to those for several years. And these certainly are, helps. These are venues that are very helpful because uh, these are places where the industry doers turn to. They look at Talkers Magazine. They go to the convention. So we need to be in Talkers Magazine. We need to be at the conventions. And it's because of listeners who become Free Talk Live amplifiers like you. Uh, it's, uh, that's why it's possible. Had we just been, had it just been me making phone calls from my office during the daytime to talk radio stations, sure, we would have gotten on some stations. I don't think we'd be at a hundred. Not as effective. No know, way. I don't think we'd be at a hundred, and we wouldn't be on in New York City. Yep. And those are two two uh, I guess milestones that we passed within the last year, which I think are probably big factors as to why they jumped us up from seventy nine to fifty two. And none of very few of these things would be possible without the support of the Free Talk Live amplifiers, which is why yep. it's you know it's. Unfortunate that you know the economy is down, so people have been cutting back on their spending on, let's say, more frivolous items like supporting Free Talk Live, and so kind less of, basic, I suppose. Right. So kind of week after week, we do lose a few bucks uh, per week off of the AMP program. We actually had over four thousand dollars at one point, and it's now closer to three thousand. Uh, so it's just been kind of slowly being whittled away uh, by the sands of uh, time and the the poor economy. You know, frequently people will respond to an inquiry because a lot of times, like PayPal, will just cancel an account if you if your credit card expires. PayPal has this annoying service where they cancel all of your uh, recurring accounts rather than let you just go in and put a new credit card in and keep everything running. They actually just cancel everything you have that's recurring, so you have to go through and restart everything that you want to subscribe to. So sometimes people won't. Even even know they're canceled and i'll send an email anytime a cancellation comes there's like hey just to make sure you you meant to do this uh and sometimes people did mean to do it because you know they've, they've got a tough time in their in their life they sure. got, just got fired or you know things got tight at the household or whatever and i totally understand and appreciate everybody who's ever uh, been a free talk live amplifier and far more people have been amplifiers than currently are amplifiers just because it's 
gone on for so long. We've had years worth of uh, folks doing this stuff. So thank you in advance. If you haven't yet amped, go to amp.freetalklive.com when our website's working, which hopefully will be at some point during the show tonight. We'll let you know. Uh, amp.freetalklive.com. Get signed up there, and you can put three bucks a month behind probably the most effective, next to Ron Paul, the most effective uh, liberty-oriented outreach program you've ever encountered. I mean, cost effective. You got to promote yourself, and that's how it is. I mean, you know, like Ron Paul's certainly very, very effective, and there's probably some other organizations. Yeah, dollar for dollar, you get more with Free Talk Live. But, you know, I mean, (laughs) Ron Paul's doing it on what? I mean, you know, millions of dollars is what it takes to get Ron Paul out there. We're getting in what? Three a month at AMP program times 12. Yeah, $3 a month. $36,000. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot less than Ron Paul. Ron Paul raises $36,000 in uh, you know an hour. A minute on one of his money bomb days. Let's go to Robert. He's uh, still with us, waiting patiently through that little uh, infomercial about the AMP program. Robert, you're back on Free Talk Live, and uh, appreciate your patience there. As you were talking about Lemonade Liberation or the Lemonade Freedom Movement, where you are encouraging uh, young people to become entrepreneurial, uh, to get out there and set up a lemonade stand in defiance of these aggressive and outrageous police officers around the country who are shutting them down in a lot of cases and threatening families and threatening children uh, with arrests and fines for uh, running lemonade stands. You took this issue on last year. You started LemonadeFreedom.com. You had Lemonade Liberation Day where people were encouraged to do this. And uh, you said there were two reasons why you were doing it. One is to encourage entrepreneurship. And the second one, you had just begun to tell us we had to go to the break. Yeah, the second reason is, uh, you know, I'm trying to open up the door to – to discuss, uh, you know, the other possibilities with with people that aren't really um, talking about it. But uh, I mean, I mean, it's more about the conversation about you know getting people to to you know talk about it and say talk well, about what I'm sorry lemonade. I'm sorry. Talk about what lemonade? No, just to talk about um, uh, voluntary exchange, basically, and why okay. why there need to be permits and licenses in the first place. Because you know, with the way the economy is now, it's, it's a perfect example. You know, and you have these 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 entrepreneurs that, that may possibly want to get their feet in the door, and they can't because there's so much red tape that they have to go through. And it's, it's, it's all nonsense. I mean, if, if consenting adults want to, uh, you know, exchange goods with each other for or services, then, then what's the problem with that? Absolutely. And, uh, and, and we need more of that in, in, any, in any economy, but certainly in a down economy, it makes it uh, better when somebody doesn't have to jump through a bunch of hoops to start their business. They can just start their business rather than having to incur the extra costs of the regulatory uh, structure. The government exactly. knocks out the bottom rungs and the ladder of success. I mean, you, <laughs> so you have to have longer legs and the, you know, the, the legs come from having money and therefore the poor people just can't climb that ladder. Well, and uh, I also relate the, the lemonade stands to, you know, basically the talking about the agora and that sort of stuff or voluntary you know interactions i also relate it to yard sales and garage sales and how people are able to do that all over without some much, places you have to have a permit right well some places i i haven't lived at a place that needed a permit so i haven't experienced that personally mm. but um you know that's that's a good way of just sort of saying well you could sell stuff out of your garage and people you know have no problem doing that so what's the difference here you know and it's sort of the idea that we, you know, in some cases, obviously those places with permits, they are a different situation. But many people can do a lot of bartering and sales and, and different stuff in their neighborhoods with these kind of uh, yard sales, garage sales, and you know, block parties and all kinds. They of They can things. and they should, and that's uh, I guess that's part of what Robert's uh, promoting is exactly. to encourage people to 
instead of just, I guess, you know, the average parent comes at the lemonade stand from, oh, it's so cute. My kid wants to do this lemonade stand. It's going to be entrepreneurial. They're going to learn a few things, and that's cool. But you're saying go into it with a specific intention of this is an activist project. I mean, this is, you know, we know there's a chance the police could uh, respond, the police could show up. I mean, is that kind of where you're coming at this from, is to really go in with the intention of uh, continuing doing the lemonade stand in the face of the, the threat of the, the violence of the police? Exactly, and, and and as you guys know uh, well, it's, there's always strength in numbers. So you know, if if the, the more the merrier, you know. So uh, the, the more lemonade stands that there are as you drive down the street, I mean, I, it's less likely that uh, pol- police or other uh, uh, city or county officials are going to shut them down. Excellent. Well, glad to hear about that, and uh, hope to see you get out of New Jersey someday. And uh, are you a Free State Project <laughs> member? Um, no, I'm not. I've, I, I went to Pork Fest last year, and I'm hoping to make it there this year. But Great. we're expecting a baby uh, just just prior, so I'm not sure how All right, well, we'll hope we're going to make it there. We're going to play it by ear. Hope to see you out there. I know that uh, you did. You have a good time. Fest last oh, year. we had a great time. Can, can I say one more sure. uh, thing? Okay. I, did you guys hear the the news about uh, Julian Hanklin? Julian uh, Hanklin. No, what news? Um, the federal a federal judge threw out the charges against him. Is this news as of like today or as what? Of today? Correct. Interesting. I'll go look into a little, yeah. little bit further on that. Thanks for the heads up. Sure. Uh, appreciate the no call problem. tonight, Robert. And and definitely let us know as uh, Lemonade Liberation develops. If uh, there are any uh, interesting stories you want to share with our audience, certainly feel free to uh, check back in with Julian us. Julian Heiklin is an activist Absolutely. who does uh, jury outreach. He's in his 80s and uh, seems to, on a pretty regular basis, have to deal with uh, federal thugs that don't want him handing out literature on the steps of courthouses. Yeah, uh, we'll find out more about what happened with Julian uh, because they were going after him in federal court in Manhattan for handing out jury nullification information, and it was looking it was looking kind of dire. So uh, glad to hear the news about that. More on the way. Eight five five four fifty three plus an update from the Bartholomew brothers in uh, Yuba County about their outreach project. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. This is Free Talk Live, and we're launching into the second hour of the program. You are invited, as always, to take control of the airwaves at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Here with you tonight, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. Inviting you to the website at freetalklive.com. It is currently having some trouble because we're flipping to a new IP address. So bear with us if it's not working for you, but at some point we'll get it back on over at freetalklive.com. And when it works, you get to actually control the content of the site. So if you find something that you think is interesting online, you can submit it as show prep, and then other listeners can vote, and the most voted up will make it to the front page and the top of the site over at freetalklive.com. So head over there, get interactive at freetalklive.com as we go to your phone calls and your thoughts coming up. We'll hear from one of the Bartholomew brothers about their outreach project that resulted in an arrest that uh, resulted in a conviction uh, for basically holding a sign on the side of the road. We'll uh, tell you more about that here in a moment, but we've got John listening in northern Minnesota to WNMT. John, you're on Free Talk Live with the NJJ and Mark. Yes, I heard something uh, from one of my neighbors today. 
that uh, they're charging him $15 a month for direct deposit for a check that goes into his bank every month. Wow, the bank is charging that? Yes, the bank. Uh-huh. That's crazy. I, uh, yeah. Time to switch banks. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what he's going to do. But I wonder how many other banks are doing it. But mm-hmm. it was going on a few months, and then his wife checked the, checked the papers and then found it on the, on the, on the you know, online or something. Right. I thought the idea behind direct deposit was that it was easier for banks, and so therefore, uh, and easier for the the person who's receiving the money, and so why not go with direct deposit? So, I mean, is that's, it that's, is there a fee to deposit checks too? That's a, that's a pretty pretty uh, easy uh, fifteen bucks they can pick up. Right. Uh, no, I think I think it's just for for the comp for where he gets his retirement money. Huh. But so he's going to switch to some kind of credit union or something. But but you might tell other people to check their their yeah, account look out. If, if they're getting charged. Yeah, you got to be careful with these banks. I mean, they uh, have all kinds of fees and all over the place. And of course, like most corporate uh, so-called contracts, they usually can, can can change the terms at any time and just simply notify you of the change. You don't get to protest or anything. You like got a bunch that. of paper, you know, that has fine print, and you throw it away and whatever. Right? Whoever yeah, looks they, at that stuff. In a, in a mag in a paper or magazine, no one reads or something. Right. Exactly. John, anything else you want to share tonight? Uh, no, I just just like what you're doing and. Uh, you, guys keep it up thanks we'll do appreciate your call tonight at 855-450 free benjamin's on the line in northern california uh calling from yuba county benjamin with uh, good men do something hello there hey hey welcome back uh, on free talk live today was your sentencing day but uh, let's bring our listeners up to speed on uh, why you were being sentenced can you give a, a relatively quick recap of your situation sure uh, we had me and my brother had a sign on an overpass Police showed up uh, in what we just assumed was a consensual stop and wanting to ask questions about what we were doing. As it turns out, in the officers' minds, we were being detained, and therefore, when they asked us, uh, the that quote being, "Do you happen to have your ID on you by chance?" and us saying, uh, "No, not honest," which was the truth, along with them asking for our names and us saying we prefer not to give them, constituted us delaying them in the course of their official duties. Uh, which uh, after the charges being changed from us wearing masks to illegally posting a sign, that was the final charge we went to trial with. And a jury uh, decided that any time a police officer asks you for ID, even if you're not breaking the law and even if you're not in the lawful detention, you must provide it to them. And so we were convicted. So even though there's no law on the books in California that says that you that, have to produce an ID right that requires asked. you to have an ID on you at all because that's essentially what the jury has decided here is that you must have an ID on you whenever you leave your house or presumably even if and you're in your provide house it. Hmm? and provide it to right. an officer just because he wants to know provided upon request and if you don't then you are some sort of troublemaker and it doesn't matter uh, what uh, what it was you were doing no matter how constitutional uh, the activity that you were engaging in which of course was free speech and the right to assemble as I've discovered here in uh, Keene you know as soon as you actually and try right to exercise to those rights it doesn't work uh, and the, the right to privacy sure or the right to remain silent uh, in these cases basically this ties back around to what we talked about at the beginning of the first hour is that go ahead you believe you have the right to free speech? Try speaking somewhere where it matters. In your case, it was an overpass where a lot of eyeballs could have, in theory, have seen that uh, taxes equals theft sign. By the way, how long were you all up there with that sign before the police department responded? Uh, well, uh, we were on the overpass for 20 minutes. Uh, it took us probably 
10 minutes to get the sign uh, arranged because it's a poster board that we had to undo. Mm -hmm. So the sign was probably only visible to traffic for 15 minutes. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty quick response. Yes, that is very fast. So. Well, and as we could tell in the video that we didn't know before, while we were sitting up and not looking behind us, a sheriff's department vehicle had just driven past us about, you know, three or four minutes after we got there. So. But they didn't stop. Yep. Took him another six minutes to go ahead and come and contact us. Sorry it happened to you guys. I'm sorry that it looks like that. Uh, you know, juries. To me, I don't. I don't trust juries at all. Um, it, to be this this bulwark against uh, the growth of government. Was, maybe well, was there was there any sort of Fiji activism that uh, you maybe witnessed uh, prior to the trial or any fully informed jury activism? No, no. Nobody was doing Fiji outreach prior to our uh, trial. I can't imagine I this uh, the, this group of uh, what appear to be you know lockstep statists that were willing to make it so that a person who does not legally have to provide an ID was delaying police for not providing ID when the police just said something like, "Do you happen to have an ID on you?" Uh, you know that's called delaying an officer and that it's worthy of being found guilty uh, and up to a year. Well, yeah, they're they're indoctrinated. I'm I'm imagining that um, probably most of the jurors went to public schools, so this is you know well, just normal. I, I share Mark's concern that yeah, even if you were to do jury nullification outreach and inform these jurors, hey, you can follow your conscience. Clearly, their conscience is in line with what the police want. And I've not seen what plenty of jurors is. being given this information, letting um, letting them know that they can follow their conscience and them do nothing. Do nothing. Right. And, of course, your website, by the way, Benjamin, is Good Men Do Something. And uh, folks can go to – what's the quickest way to get to your site? Is it goodmendosomething.com? Goodmendosomething.org. And from there, you can get to our Facebook and YouTube and all that stuff. Goodmendosomething.org. There's a rundown uh, from your sentencing today because, again, the jury found you guilty. And uh, then you're facing – it was misdemeanor charge of uh, essentially obstructing justice, so-called. And so you were facing up to a year in jail. What uh, did the sentence end up being? Well, uh, uh, the uh, the DA was looking. He kept calling it a, a soft delay, like when the judge was asking you know, what the state was looking for, and he kept saying, "Well, it's a very soft delay." But he was looking, uh, you know, I forget everything he mentioned, but he was looking for a small amount of fines and like forty hours of uh, you know volunteer service or whatever work release kind of crap. Uh, but uh, after uh, my father, uh, me, and my brother read our statements to the court asking for leniency, uh, the judge uh, basically gave us the uh, minimum thing he could, you know, do without like, throwing out the jury's verdict. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have, we both now have six months probation, and uh, we had to pay the California state mandatory minimum uh, court fees, which they call court rest which really bothers me. <laughs> well, um, you you harm the state. Yeah. You know, right. Against right. the peace and dignity of the state is what they call we, these uh, these we, crimes. We forced, we forced ourselves to be in their court and take up their time. Uh, so um, six months probation. Now, probation is pretty serious uh, in a lot of cases, but there are other kinds of probation. Did Is this the kind of probation where you're going to have to check in with a probation officer? You can't have any alcohol. You can't have any you know, drugs. You're going to be drug tested. Uh, and you can't leave California? Nothing like that that we know of yet, uh, though a probation officer is going to come and uh, probably call us up and mm-hmm. talk to us or whatever. Um, so we'll, we'll usually, know more. Usually then. you have to go and see I, them. Yeah. Well, they have our contact information. So, I see. That's right. Uh, presumably they're going to contact email, us. email you. Don't worry. From, 
from what I know uh, or what I have been able to glean is that it's, you know, don't be a bad boy for the next six months. Don't get arrested or... There are those types of probation. I would recommend. Um, um, I would recommend definitely keeping your head down and uh, using the next six months to get your uh, your stuff in line, your s together, and to get out of there and get to New Hampshire. I know you guys are Free State Project participants. Uh, I mean, I know there's some real problems here in New Hampshire, but at least it's not as bad as California. <laughs> And thanks well, for that would be around like finding it. Yeah, and there's that too. Who will come out and do jury nullification outreach at your next trial? See you in a moment. Free talk. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some Bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at spendbitcoins.com. When you spend Bitcoins on Amazon via spendbitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy Bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.spendbitcoins.com. Once again, that's spendbitcoins.com. Toll free number here tonight for you to bring up what you want at 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll free line 1-855-450-3733. You can join us. On our website at freetalklive.com. Features await you there, eh, if the site were working, and it's not. But normally it is, like 99, 98% of the time <laughs> it, is, uh, it is there for you. And you can usually enjoy stuff like uh, the Shrine of Female Listeners, the dozens of uh, ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video to prove that they are listeners of this program. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com to see that. And if you're a lady listener, you can get details on how to become part of the Shrine. Shrine dot freetalklive.com we've been talking uh we were talking with benjamin from the good men do something i think he dropped off the line during the break i i would have had a few more questions for him but no big deal uh goodmen do something dot org i believe is their website and he's a free state project participant who unfortunately went it alone out there in california and well when you do activism alone it's a little bit more risky so it helps when you got people around. It helps when you have people around at the time that you're doing the activism. But even if you're doing something alone and uh, you get caught, it helps to have people who can help you out in those uh, in those circumstances. Yes. Who can help get you out of jail? Who can help uh, you know take you to court, or they can uh, you know come to court with you and uh, or record the courtroom proceedings and, and take care of things that otherwise you'd have to do all by yourself, which may not even be a possibility to do all by yourself. I mean, what would have happened if uh, Benjamin and his brother were on the side of the road with their taxes equals theft sign when the California Highway Patrol came by and threatened them and then proceeded to arrest them? How how differently would that have gone had there been 15 people on the side of the road? It's unlikely that they would have taken all those people in. I mean, it's just the That's dynamics. That's not true, Mark. You know what have been? Bearcat, Bearcat. Bearcat. And SWAT team come out. And, uh, I, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. Pepper spray. I, I, I can't say as to what would happen in every instance under every circumstance, but is this California for still? It, still it's Yuba County, yeah, yep. California. Yeah. I can't say what would happen in California, but they only have so many assets. And if you had That's fifteen true. people out there, I've seen protests with fifteen people, five people, fifteen people, and five hundred people. And the police act differently with different le- different. Uh, 
levels of population in right. those situations. The, the key is to outnumber the police. So uh, when you have more people than they have people, they get really uh, nervous. I mean, these people are effectively bullies. Uh, sometimes they do the right thing and actually go after real criminals. But in the case of the, the boys in uh, Whether Yuba they're County, bullies or not, they operate like bullies in this circumstance. Well, right. if you outnumber them. Well, the key is also to remain peaceful. And that's that sort of eliminates their justification to use violence. Correct. And then forces them to, in in some cases, treat you like a human being, or at least more of a human being than they wish they could. But uh, and then of course having a camera recording it. So that right, they had the camera. Mostly, they did get the recording of the situation on the side of the road with the police threatening them and inevitably arresting them, and they were then charged with uh, diso or excuse me. D- essentially obstructing justice for not having government identification on them. Well, it's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous, but the jury didn't see it that way. The jury, their quotes, I mean, I don't have them in front of me right now, but they were so Those little boys should have done just, those Eagle Scouts should have done just like the coppers said. Pretty much. You know, that's that's what it was. But if it was in a circumstance where there were 15 people out there, the cops generally are going to do the things that the fastest. And arresting 15 people, transporting 15 people, processing 15 people, it's just too much work. Yeah, they'd rather just issue a pink piece of paper. And, Two uh, smart mouth kids, though. We'll give, teach them yeah. a little something. That's right. And they outnumbered them. There were, you know, one cop stopped and then more cops showed up. And, of course, you know, again, it's they're bullies and they're a gang. And that's why we need to get people together who care about freedom so we can have numbers on our side. That's what is going to make the difference. And we've seen it happen again and again. When people are alone or close to being alone, when it's just a handful of folks, they're much easier to be picked on than 50 civilly disobedient people. It's a whole other world when you get numbers These on your side. These boys were not being civilly disobedient. No, they, they were weren't. Doing, they... And that's one of the important points about this is you're always at risk if you're going to be an activist. I know there's people that look at uh, some of the stuff that goes on in Keene because we do have civil disobedience that happens here from time to time. Uh, you know, we had the uh, the historic 420 celebrations. By the way, tomorrow's 420 again. Uh, we've been, you know, had these things. We've done a number of different uh, instances. Activists here have done a number of different instances of civil disobedience. And people will say to themselves, boy, I can't do that. I mean, that's too risky. I've got a job and, uh, and a family. I can't do civil disobedience. And they're right. I mean, it's not right for everybody. And it is extra risky. But don't. Don't live under the delusion that just because you go out, you're not going out with the intention of breaking a law publicly doesn't mean you won't be targeted or doesn't mean you won't be arrested for doing whatever it is you think you can do that's completely legal. These guys did not have an intention to get arrested. This was not an intended act of civil disobedience. This was a First Amendment supposedly protected act of free speech. I think think the moment the civil disobedience began is when they said no to the officer. Anytime you it's say more of no, non-cooperation, but yeah, it's kind of civilly basically, disobedient. Basically, they're, they're being disobedient. They were given some sort right. of order. They said no, and that is the well, they didn't have their ID. Well, regardless. Well, that, uh, but they didn't give the police officers their name, and that's what comes down to. The, the U.S. Supreme Court has ruled that you do not have the right to remain silent when it comes to identifying yourself. And they get to decide. What if I'm what, mute? Sorry. I, you know, you've got to do whatever it takes. <laughs> uh, you're you probably know. getting a beaten then. Yeah. Yeah. Don't have a uh, epileptic seizure, I can tell you that, because uh, then you're going to sure to get it. Um, but That's a guaranteed beat down, sure. But yeah, I think anytime you say no to an officer, you are engaging in disobedience, whether it's civil disobedience yep. or, or administrative disobedience, whatever. And you need to be prepared to suffer an arrest. But even if they had shown the officer ID, 
uh, even if they had given their names, they may still have been arrested anyway. Sure. Remember well, the initial charges. Well, no, no, no. Remember the initial charges was affixing a sign to public property. It's true. So they ended up dropping that charge. Because it was going wrong. After- they said it was well, wrong. Well, it doesn't mean that they – well, that just means they came up with a better charge, Mark. doesn't mean that they no, wouldn't have the gone forward they got with that. Was, the charge that they got was for not uh, you know, following orders once they were detained. If they didn't yeah. – had not been detained, according to how the, the, the prosecution is setting this story up, at least, if they hadn't been detained, then they would not have had to have given their ID and their names. Right, but that doesn't mean they – look, if you give a cop your name, they're going to use that to write you a citation for affixing a sign to public property. They drop that charge down the line because the other charge is a better charge. It's a tougher charge to beat in court. It's a lot harder to beat the, uh, you know, the disorderly conduct or the uh, you know, he disobeying. There three, wasn't there? There was three charges? There were three. There were two. Originally, they dropped the two and then brought the okay, third one right. on. Let's okay. go to Carl and Indy listening to WXNT. Carl, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, how are you? Hey, Carl. What's on your mind? Um, actually, I have a kind of a comment in related in relation to this actual case, in that this is actually very similar to what um, Arizona was trying to pass whenever they were talking about being able to show your ID if you're pulled over for any cause or there's probable cause. Right. And in this case, the gentleman didn't have their ID. Um, basically, nor were they driving. The jury. Yeah, well, they weren't driving, but I mean, my understanding is that law really didn't necessarily pertain to driving as much as if you're asked to show ID, you must show ID. And basically, that's kind of what the jury is saying in California. Yeah, that is. How does that make you feel? I I don't know. I mean, it. I think it kind of sucks, but, you know, that's just me personally. Okay. All right. Well, I'm, I'm definitely on board with you. I think it sucks, too, because I like the idea of being free. And if I have to carry around government papers everywhere I go, yep. some cop might want to know who I am. I've got a real problem with that. Yeah, you basically exactly. have to carry a state ID at that point. Carl, thanks for the call tonight, man. I appreciate hearing from you. 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll free line. I think Benjamin is back uh, from Good, Good Men Do Something. We'll uh, check back in with him here in moments. I guess his phone got dropped. More coming up. Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated radio program on more than 100 radio stations coast to coast. We've been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our more than 100 radio stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for less than $1,000 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy the features that await you there if the site's working. And unfortunately, it's not right now. But when it does, you can go to m.freetalklive.com and pull up the mobile site. If you've a smartphone, you can get quick access to our live streams over at m.freetalklive.com, plus our podcast and links to the software that you need for your phone to make that stuff work. Go to m, as in mobile.freetalklive.com. So we go back to Benjamin. Uh, he is calling back. Real quick, uh, oh, Porkfest. Yeah. Go to porcfest.com. Find out about, well, frankly, the best liberty event of the year. You don't want to miss it. Porkfest.com. Right. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be there broadcasting live at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Is it the Festival. end of June? It 18th is the, the 18th. Yeah, so uh, right 
I guess, sort of mid, late June 18th through the 24th. You definitely don't want to miss this. Although I wonder if Benjamin can make it from uh, California to the Porcupine Freedom Festival because now he's going to be on probation for standing on the side of the road holding a sign. I mean, ultimately, that's the crime is you spoke out against the system. You, your sign said taxes equals theft. You were wearing V for Vendetta masks uh, at the time. And uh, they just you spoke out against the system. That's the you know the real crime here. That's why they came after you. If you had a sign that said "We love the police," uh, or support the troops, yeah, or support our troops, they would never would have messed with you. In fact, in on overpasses, they frequently put these uh, "Support our troops" little. There's one. I uh, there's one that shrines in, on Route Nine here in New Hampshire. It's been there for months. Yeah. Or welcome home, Sergeant So and So. These sorts of things. So that's what I your mean, crime was. If you got caught affixing some some kind of speech that wasn't as popular, remember the right yeah. to free speech is intended to protect unpopular speech because that's what they say. These shrines to uh, to fallen heroes or whatever, welcome back, Corporal Smith. You know these kind of things. Well, they don't need protection. It's obvious. One of them's been hanging in uh, on a f- overpass in New Hampshire for months. Right. So Benjamin's back with us here, and you. It was you and your brother that were holding this sign. You were arrested uh, because you wouldn't show the police identification. They charged you with affixing a sign to public property. These guys had lawyers too. And, a lawyer, by the way. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up too, because there's a. You guys have spent thousands of dollars uh, on a lawyer defending this, and now I know that lawyer wants to take. Uh, take this on appeal, which of course was going to th- cost you even more thousands of dollars. And you're not right. You're not quite sure how the probation is going to play out. You were sentenced to six months probation and a couple hundred dollars in fines uh, today, but you haven't yet met with a probation officer. So the terms of the probation are something you have not yet seen. It's possible you may be stuck in the state of California for the next six months because of this. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Well, I guess you're going to find out soon enough. Usually when you, you get will. sentenced, uh, you probably have to go and see the probation officer within the next uh, few days. We do know one of our conditions uh, that we had to agree to, and that was that we promised not to break any laws. That was the one thing that was stated. How can anyone promise that? Of our condition is not to break any laws. So, uh, All right, because if you if you do break any laws, and I presume that means uh, state violations as well. So city, uh, so, so if you jaywalk, uh, that could violate your probation, which means yeah. you'll be going to jail at that point for the remaining or for for six we're, months. We're hoping when we get the chance to go and request a copy of all the laws. You know, just because we don't, we want to make sure that we don't break any of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they should have that. to. They should provide them to you, right? Right. Yeah, they want I mean, you to be fully informed. They don't informed. want to break any of them, so. I mean, at least put them in a room for us to go there and read them for, you know. They oh, they'll have, have a room. Don't worry. If- There's a law library you can go and in prison. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Right. So uh, what else did you want to share about uh, your experience here, Benjamin? Because it's been a year-long odyssey into legal land. You originally just went alongside of the road hoping to hold up a sign for a little while and go home. You ended up going to a jail cell for a night. Uh, you ended up having uh, time served, actually, as part of your sentence. So they t- included that as uh, as part of the sentence. And then, uh, you know, the jury trial where this particularly obedient jury, this pathetic uh, state-worshipping jury, decided that they were going to go ahead and legislate from the jury bench and decided to make a, a new law without ever <laughs> consulting anybody, uh, that essentially if you don't have the government ID on you, that you can be arrested, and uh, it's okay to find people guilty for that. So, like, looking back, retrospective on all this, I mean, would you have done anything differently? Uh, what have you learned? Well, okay, so uh, a couple things. One is, even though we got 
essentially the minimum sentence you can possibly get, which sounds pretty good. This whole experience, this whole thing, costs us more than a couple hundred dollars and a, a, you know, a couple days you know, in a trial. You know, they're still holding our property. Mm. We've had to take you know, dozens of days off of work to sure. have to go right. into court to deal with our lawyer and all that kind of stuff. So there's more than just what happened at sentencing. Yeah, right. And you'd said it was thousands of dollars you spent on this attorney. Right. Got it. I mean, it, it's good, and we, we're, we're very happy with our attorney and all that. Um, but, but yeah, it's expensive, you know. It sure is. Uh, so, uh, so there's that. But if I had to change anything, and, you know, you, I would, you would think I would know this, having seen plenty of other activists and, and, and their encounters, I feel uh, my biggest mistake was uh, uh, being a nice guy, I guess, and thinking that the officer was genuinely curious when he first encountered us that it was a consensual stop and deciding to engage him in questions. If I could do it all over again and in the future, I the very first thing out of my mouth will be, excuse me, officer, am I being detained? Mm-hmm. That's the very first thing out of my mouth. Um, you know, because the more you talk to the police, the more likely they're going to find a reason to arrest you. It's just uh, unfortunately sad, but true. They're not there to serve you or anybody else but themselves. Regarding that being detained question, because you were being detained and you didn't know you were being detained, which I think is a real problem with the legal system. I mean, if I'm being detained, shouldn't I know I'm being detained? If I'm under arrest, shouldn't I know I'm under arrest? The onus is on you to ask the question. But but it shouldn't be. They should have to say, you are being detained, you are under arrest. If you're going to use some kind of magic, and that's all you can call this, magic power, then you should have to cast the spell. Mm. The spell shouldn't be <laughs> silent. You should have to cast <laughs> it. So you are being detained. Shazam! And, and they should be, have to do that. What's that? Or at least some kind of indicator. There was no reason yep. for us to even think we were being detained. The officer was there. He said, Oh, no, I, I don't have any problem with your sign. I can't think of any law that it's breaking. He was just so, chit-chatting so with you. Actually, what the, the indication is is that a person with a uniform came around. Every time you see one of them, you should, uh, you should be asking them constantly, ward them off with the one spell that you have, which is, am I being detained? Am I free to go? Because it makes them uncomfortable in whatever circumstance. I don't know. Is he being detained? Wait, 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 wait. Well, wait. this is a question. I mean, this is because an immediate you, in fact, indicator. you are being detained every time you see one of them. Well, it's an immediate indicator if you make uh, if you ask a question like that. Uh, oh, the cop's going to realize. Oh crap! This guy knows his rights. This guy, this guy knows something about the law, and uh, that immediately is going to put the cop on a little bit more of a cautious kind of uh, of approach. I think in a lot of a lot of circumstances. But what else did you uh, you know reflections, uh, Benjamin? Uh, you know, there's that. Uh, you know, you can't uh, trust the jury. I mean, obviously, I didn't go into this thinking, oh, a jury will get this right. I, but I thought at least maybe one juror would, would read the, the judge's instructions uh, and, and find us not guilty, but uh, apparently not. Well, I um, don't really trust juries well, either, but well, I did, did just... Do you think that uh, wearing the masks, uh, you'd do that again if you repeated this exactly the same? You think that... Yeah. Did that prompt there pros, them to there ask you more pros, questions about your identity because of the mask? Well, there are pros and cons to the masks. I'm sure, you know, it made it weirder for the cops uh, to engage us. Uh, But to this day, I believe there are more pros than cons um, with the masks, uh, just because, you know, there's a lot of people who, even though we were only really doing activism for a few months, they go, oh, you're one of those guys in the mask? Because even if they don't, 
necessarily pick up what we had on the signs. They still notice the mask and it sticks in their memory, and, and then they pay more attention the next time. The anonymous thing, you're, you're you know yeah. wrapped up in that. Now, I have a question here about the case and how it went and uh, what was sort of stressed in it. You said uh, that that you refused to give your name, but didn't you tell the identify yourselves when the officers asked? I don't understand. Well, we we were asked what our names were, and I said I prefer not to give it. We were asked one time for a name, never for a date of birth, nothing like that. Benjamin, can you stick uh, with us? Sure. We'll bring you back here in moments. 855-453. Maybe you have a question for Benjamin from Good Men Do Something about his case. Uh, more coming up. You take control. Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. If you've got a question for Benjamin Bartholomew from goodmendosomething.org, he's on the line with us now. 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line 1-855-450-3733. Here with you, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. As we continue here, we will take your calls about whatever's on your mind. You can also join us on our website when it's working over at uh, freetalklive.com. Why a website that's down? Because it's important. You've got to let people know about the site. I mean, I don't know. What else am I going to promote? <laughs> Just move on. The website is a really great site, we promise it's like you. Trying uh, to move a vestigial arm. It's not there. <laughs> when it works. Sell over, a box full of nothing. Yeah. When I had nothing. a right arm, I was right handed. All right, how about this? A promo the uh, it's up. It's, it's back. Up. The website's back. Hallelujah. So you can go and edit uh, the site by adding new things to it. Vote on the items that you see there. And see, God does fix amputees. Actually, in this case, uh, the God we're talking about is our wonderful technical uh, team. In this case. So uh, once again, freetalklive.com. Head over there and enjoy. We've got Benjamin on the line here from goodmendosomething.org. It's where you can go to read the statements that they made at trial today. Uh, this, this was a sentencing hearing after they'd been found guilty by a jury of their so-called peers. Uh, this pathetic, obedient uh, jury that essentially just legislated from the jury seats by saying that, oh, yeah, even though there's no law that requires you to show identification uh, to the police if you're on foot, uh, well, we're just going to go ahead and put you in jail because uh, or convict you because we believe there should be a law like that. I'm not sure that that's true. I read the lawyer's blog on that, and that's what I was trying to get at with this uh, line of questioning. So I'd like to bring Well, him, Benjamin is back with Benjamin us here. Back with me. The uh, lawyer's blog where he said he's uh, he screwed up or whatever, that he's, I, he had, failed or no, whatever. Well, he failed. He didn't yeah. feel, screw up. I mean, you know, he felt that it was the jury made the wrong decision decision in right. the circumstance um so i guess what my question is is the supreme court says that you need to identify yourself not that i trust what these uh, you know nine folks in black moomoos have to say but they say that you need to identify yourself is there any chance that what the jury was ruling against was you not identifying yourself as opposed to not showing id i mean it's possible but again uh the officer was uh testified how he asked for our name and date of birth so he could identify us. He only asked us for our name. I asked him for what purpose. He said, so I can find out who you are. And I said, well, I prefer not to say. And again, that, that ruling from the Supreme Court only is applicable if you're being detained. If, 
if an officer just walks up to you while you're walking down the street and says, hey, uh, what's your name? And sure. you tell them, you know, if the judge even said in a preliminary thing that if an officer did that, you could tell him to go F himself. And, you know, uh, that would be legal. Unless he was detaining you, and he doesn't have unless, to tell you if he's detaining right. you, so therefore he can make up that he was detaining you after um, the fact. So, Well, I don't know about the Supreme Court ruling. I feel like if you are out in public and you're not doing anything wrong, then you don't have to tell anybody anything about who you are. And when I was pulled over uh, driving back from Concord one day, I had three people in my car. The officer asked me for my identification. I, of course, provided it because I was driving. Then she proceeds to ask the other passengers for ID. I told that officer, it's my understanding they don't have to give you ID, that's and that's my, that my, put a point, stop to it. That's not the point that I'm making here, Ian. But if it the were illegal is, for them to not ID, why couldn't she keep no, no, mo- going No, identify it? yourself. The, if a police officer is detaining you because they suspect you of a crime, and in this case, later on, they say, yes, we suspected him of these two crimes. Mm-hmm. And if they're detaining you, then they have the power to demand from you you that you tell your name not that you're carrying id but that you identify but she didn't yourself. get their names so my question but is then she wasn't that, detaining them for any reason she so that means no they could get out of the cause. car and walk away i guess yes they did they, she could have i mean who, who she walked probably away would have safety reasons oh you can't just walk away it's a highway blah mm-hmm. blah blah safety this that and the other thing and there's moose that are gonna gore you with their antenna <laughs> whatever so, uh, Mark, you said you had some more questions for that Benjamin? That was it. I mean, I really, I think it, you know, well, I think that this uh, ruling, is uh, upsetting well, as it is, is probably a legitimate legal ruling based on the fact that you didn't give names, not on the fact that you didn't have IDs um, well, on your person. Uh, as soon as it was obvious that we were uh, being detained and arrested, when we were asked for, you know, name, rank, serial number kind of thing, sure. we gave it. You know, we weren't trying to hide who we were, you know, based on our legal obligations as it Apparently, this stupid law in California means that if you detain an officer, if you waylay an officer for 1.5 seconds or whatever long it is that you might question uh, whether or not you have to give. I mean, even if you just said, is that a legal order? They might be able to get you with this because apparently delaying an officer for the the most the smallest microsecond is a violation Mm -hmm. or a misdemeanor, I should say. I mean, I, I'm not saying it's right, Benjamin. I'm just saying no, that they may have some kind – I was all befuddled about this case for a lot, long time, but now I believe I've seen the, the, uh, the, 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 the spear they've poked you with. Is well, there- the, the issue is, is the whole being detained. The officer in his testimony said that the moment our detention started was the moment he asked us for our ID. Now, I'm not sure how that works because – if he I suspected see. us of something, then we should have been being detained, and then he asked us the question, not, oh, well, I asked them a question, so they were being detained. So if they um, if they asked you for your name before he asked you for the ID, then, in fact, you were not being detained at the time that he asked for your name, and then the uh, the point that I'm making is irrelevant. Essentially. Okay. My, my question it's, is, it's just, is there video of your court case, the courtroom action? No. That is my biggest uh, really, my only major complaint with the judge is that he denied our request for video. Wow. <laughs> what in the world do they want to show this stuff for? Right. Well, the second question is that you, you hired a lawyer, and uh, what do you, what, how do you feel about that situation, hiring the lawyer? How do you feel he did? Could uh, could you have defended yourself? I mean, those sorts of questions. Oh, there's, there's no way we could have done even nearly close to as good of a job as our lawyer. Really? Uh, we feel I... really good about him. Uh, you know, we're happy with 
what we've gotten or what we've paid. What is it that you feel like like he brought to the table that uh, you wouldn't have been able to handle on your own? Uh, just the general knowledge of you know how to deal with the court, how to deal with the DA, uh, dealing with you know evidence and. Legal. So this was your first time in court, then, basically. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, it can be pretty intimidating the first time you're in a courtroom, it no doubt. It certainly is, but I can't imagine the sentence being any worse. No. I think that the, the lawyer probably fought a better fight than you, you fought, but I don't think that the damage is probably much worse if you would have been there if he, if he had Yeah, you could have probably gotten the same sentence had you gone it alone and not been out ten grand or however much the uh, the attorney cost. But just, by the way, I want to bring the, the, jury, uh, que- the jury comments back here. I don't think you've heard these yet, uh, JJ. No, I haven't. And, Mark, just to give you a, a little reminder of what the jury members said, because you were your, your question was about, well, was it about not showing ID or just not answering the question? It was about non-cooperation, period. I mean, according to the jurors, this is, uh, let's see, Roman Ontiveros. He says, I think the Bar- Bartholomew should have just let it go. The bigger issue of free speech is a hot topic. It's important to think about, but at some point we all need to watch where we walk. He said the jury's decision was easy, and the brother should have, quote, used better judgment, unquote, when dealing with law enforcement. Another juror, Rick Daugherty or something like that, he he says uh, that the kids come from a good family, a wonderful family, but we felt they should have cooperated with the officer. They were told they were doing two things wrong and were asked for their identification. So we felt, he says, whether or not it was true, that is uh, what uh, the charges of the, the officers were, whether or not it was true, we felt they should have cooperated. So it doesn't matter to these jurors right. if the cops were just making crap up. They wanted you to do something. You didn't do it. So therefore... You're you're guilty. But basically, you could extrapolate that out to we thought he was attacking someone, so we shot him. I mean, that's basically what they're saying is that you can make up in your mind whatever illusions you want about these people, as long as those illusions can be somewhat believable. You can do whatever you want as a cop. You mean. as a cop, yes. You can be as wrong as you want. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's because they were wrong. They were wrong about these charges. Benjamin, do you have any uh, plans to follow up with any of these jury uh, members after the fact? I'm, I'm going to try to just contact them. I just want to, you know, talk to them and find out. Before you do that, be careful. Uh, make sure you do your due diligence and check the, the oh. law there because there's usually a restriction on how uh, long you have to wait until you can contact jurors. Absolutely. I, I mean, think these I, jurors I are going to find that threatening, and I don't think you're going to have any benefit from talking to them. Well, why is that threatening? You're just asking questions. Because they they made a decision. They, because the legal system is it threatening when the when the news wait, media wait, wait, asks some questions. You ask me a question. Could I please answer the question? Because the legal system is a threat against your neighbor. These people violated these boys' rights and they harmed them in the process. They were they were threatened by the the judicial system that they had to show up. Everybody was threatened here, so mm-hmm. they don't want any onus for their decision. Anytime you try to hold somebody accountable for their decisions, it's a threat to them. Is it a threat when the media asks them questions? These people are going to view it as a threat. It isn't a threat. They're going to view it as a threat. Was it a threat when the media asked them questions? No. Why not? Why is that not a threat? Because they're a third party. All right, Benjamin, final thoughts, sir. I would just say that I find it interesting that me and my brother are being prosecuted for what the DA essentially said was a mistake, but the police officers who made a mistake in, in the law and try to invent laws in their head, they, nothing happens to them.
Absolutely not. Benjamin, thanks for the call. Look forward to seeing you in New Hampshire when you come up here for the Free State Project at freestateproject.org, and hopefully you won't violate that probation in the meantime. Uh, appreciate it, and keep us in the loop. More coming up. Hour 3 is next, 855-450-FREE. I am so excited about Porkfest this year. Porkfest? What's that? It's the Porcupine Freedom Festival, a fun and educational camping event put on every summer by the Free State Project. This year it's going to be happening June 18th to the 24th at Rogers Campground in Lancaster, New Hampshire. Okay, I like camping and I definitely like freedom, but my budget is tight. Tickets are only $30 for the whole week if you get them before May 1st. Well, that sounds reasonable, but what goes on there? <laughs> what doesn't go on at Porkfest? There are speakers, family fun, dance parties, karaoke, a comedy roast, hiking, campfires, sports, a wedding, and all kinds of delicious food. But the part that I like best is spending time with other people who love freedom. Hmm, that's sounding pretty good to me. Where can I go to learn more? Check out Porkfest.com and make sure you spell pork like a porcupine. P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Like what you see? Looks like a blast. Okay, I'm in. See you at Porkfest. While you're there, check out how you can become a VIP, very important porcupine, for a modest donation. See you at Porkfest. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of the program, and we invite you to our website over at freetalklive.com. It's back online after uh, having some technical difficulties earlier tonight. You can go there and actually control the content of the website. You submit different items to it, stuff you find online that you think is interesting or fun or exciting, stuff you think our listeners would enjoy. You submit it to the website, and then others can vote up or down. You get to vote as well. And the most voted up make it to the front page and the top of the site over at freetalklive.com. The top story right now is actually... Some lady who's running for a political office, apparently, it doesn't really matter where it is, but uh, she's running for political office in Minneapolis, actually. And she is very, very upset that these libertarians are showing up at the Republican convention and, you know, doing things that are not in line with what she believes the Republican Party should, should stand for. She's very upset. So it's just her blog post, but it's gotten voted up to the front and the, the top of the site Funny. at freetalklive.com. So you can go over there, head over and enjoy all that. Here with you tonight, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. Right back into your phone calls. William is in Dallas, Texas. William, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hey, what's on your mind? Hey, not a lot. First of all, I'd say you guys might be able to sell a CD or or whatever with uh, your uh, your chronic uh, lyrics or songs. Uh, I heard y'all singing on the Tuesday. Uh, the chronic. Yeah, carols. Mark wasn't here for this. We actually performed a chronic Christmas carol on the air on Free Talk Live Tuesday night. <laughs> so you're saying yeah, we should little... we should cut a CD? Yeah, I was a little nervous about it. You know. Because I like you guys, and I, I was afraid you're going to make a uh, ass of yourself, and you didn't. Oh, it wouldn't and be the anyway. first time. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty <laughs> so sure I was they did. Anyway, it'd be kind of cool to download it a few. It'd be funny to play play to my friends and family in the car, and they'd be like, "What is this?" I think that's a great idea. Um, I, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to be the person who can put that together, but maybe some activists are listening and they'll decide to do it because it's not like anybody can't do it. The, chron- the chronic carols are there at tools.freekeen.com. You can download the song sheet, and everybody knows the tunes. You can go grab a karaoke track for you know one of these cr- classic Christmas carols and sing over top of it uh, if you wanted to. I mean, any anybody could in theory put that project together. Uh, so you know, don't hold back there, William. Yeah, that's a good point. I should put my money where my mouth is. <laughs> but, but but anyway, I heard a conversation that uh, uh, that 
Mark, I think it was Stephanie, y'all were talking about gun control and things. Yeah, we were. T- I don't know whether we are talking about gun control. We were talking about the uh, value of having a firearm on one at a given time. You know, and you're right about that. I, I mislabeled it. But, uh, you know, it, it, Mark, I want to say that you gave me some things to think about. Now, I don't like to hear statistics that the guy, I'm saying personally, my emotions, I don't like to hear that the person with the gun might have the gun turned on them. Yeah, it does happen. You know, in home in- yeah, in home invasion and... Or, or or being on the street or whatever. And anyway, recently me and a couple of buddies, we got uh, our license to carry a gun. And uh, once I took the course and everything, uh, I took it very seriously, and it is a very serious subject. And and I heard somebody else call in, and they were saying that maybe they, they almost feel like they, they don't want to carry a gun after taking the class. Yeah, that guy, one guy could call in and say that. Yeah, yeah, and, and and I agree with him, and and I want to say that you gave a pretty good op, uh, alternative because I've I've thought about this backward and forth. You know, if I'm in a situation where, you know, obviously if someone is attacking me, that's a whole different ball game, and you know, but as far as you know, intervening on a, let's say I see someone getting beat it, getting beaten or attacked or whatever, you never know what situation you're walking up to. The person getting Indeed. attacked, my yeah, the person who's getting attacked or losing or whatever, whose life is at risk that you're trying to protect, that might be a really bad person. There may be a very good reason. Right, maybe they were attacking the first person, and then they, the tables got turned on them, and by the time you walk up on it, they're just getting beaten down by the guy who was innocent. Yeah, and, and, and I've played this scenario out in my head a lot as far as trying to, well, not a lot, but, you know, I've, I've tried to think about it, you know, like if I had a gun on me, what about my last... The last resort would be pulling my gun out. It needs and, to be the last resort. <laughs> right, but yeah, yeah. is it always the last resort? I don't when think you give a man often. a hammer, everything starts to look like a nail. So right. you got to have to Actually, be... Actually, we have a, we're kind of lucky here. JJ, yes. you stopped a, uh, a, a you caught well, a robbery suspect or something like that. You, you were integral in catching a robbery suspect yes. a couple of years ago here in Keene. Uh-huh. And you had a gun on you at the time. Is that correct? That's correct. And you didn't pull it. No. I I did break loose. The, Tell us the story. Well, okay, to keep it brief, uh, I was in the subway next to an apothecary, the store Apothecary and Keene, which is a drugstore. Drug store. And I heard uh, basically people saying, oh, no, he's got a knife. Stay inside. He's got a knife. And then uh, so I went outside to investigate and saw him. <laughs> <laughs> I saw him. Well, I was like, I'm a man with a gun, so I'm going to go check this out. And... Uh, Basically, I went outside to investigate, and by the time I got outside the the subway, he was just bolting out the front door of the drugstore, and he had a garbage basket and a knife in his hands, and I saw that the knife looked clean. There wasn't any sort of blood on the blade or mm-hmm. from just a split-second judgment call. He was running away. He, wasn't, he was fleeing, so I didn't draw my firearm. I instead chased him down the alleyway, and there was a waiting getaway car with a couple of his friends inside of it. And they sort of peeled off. Literally, it was it was sort of like a movie where they they get and I just get the dust, <laughs> like the exhaust smoke yep. coming up in my face or whatever. And so I I got the number, but it, as we were running, license plate number. Yeah, I got the number, but as we were running, another gentleman saw us, uh, saw me chasing him, and he got in his car that was in the same parking lot, tailed the guy, and gave uh, directions to the Keene police. And the Keene police brought the guy around, and I was able to identify him. His his mask had fallen off during. 
his his running away and he turned and, and saw me as I was gaining on him so I got a good shot of his face and it was very easy to identify him and be, he basically pled guilty to the charges mm. at the end of the story but one one and, and there's two sides to this story right like you know there's the guy who didn't draw his gun and shoot some kind of, somebody in the back and just like throw bullets all over the place which is really like the great. cops did earlier this weekend keen it did it, it, it sounds like that in the story it absolutely yeah. does um but at the same time you probably wouldn't have gone out chasing after this guy or it wouldn't have been as wise to go out and chase after this guy if you hadn't had a gun on you and felt like you had a certain level of personal protection yeah i think that that definitely played a part uh you know former military that sort of mindset you know i wasn't i wasn't certainly i certainly wasn't afraid of my safety and you know at that that judgment call of watching the situation happen you know i saw that he was he was just fleeing and um yeah at that point i had i was concealed carrying and at that point i had made it um i had had my hand on the on the firearm and i was you know making it fully displayed um and then uh he just he didn't even pay any attention he was just focused on getting his drugs and getting to the getaway car yeah William, any other thoughts you want to share? Well, no, that's a very important thing. You know, the fact that the the, the firearm gave and your training uh, gave you the uh, um, confidence or you felt secure to pursue or or intervene in in some way. Right. And that's important, and I'm glad you brought that up, you know, because certainly you don't want to go chasing after somebody. And anyway, you don't want to have to do it anyway. But I will say this, Mark, you made a very good suggestion uh, or you or someone about the uh, having some kind of good taser, uh, yep. you know, uh, particularly one that you don't have to touch the individual. And on that note, I'm thinking of, I'm looking at adding that to my little arsenal because it comes comes down to it. You know, let's just come up with a scenario where some big giant dude is beating some smaller guy and uh, looks like maybe to death. And again, I don't know what I'm coming up on. I don't know who, what situation I'm coming up on. And I, if it comes out to where I have to use force, it sure would be nice but to use a taser instead of my gun. Yeah, it'd be nicer to have no. that person be able to get up and, and ha- go on with life Yeah, <laughs> later I think on. people need to think about these things and well, receive and training. That's that, that actually, you know, because I, I did carry for quite a while before I uh, had to actually sell that, that particular firearm because of rent needs and whatnot. But anyway, um, and there were a couple instances where there was a situation going on and I was I just happened upon it. But it, it's it's like it diffused quickly where I didn't have to actually react to it. But then, you know, you do think about that that burden of, okay, well, you know, what's what's going to happen here? You know, that sort of, it does cross your mind as you're walking around caring and, and there are certain things that happen around you. You, you know, you have to have this sobering sort of thought process about... What, it's what power. Are the poss- yeah, what are the possible outcomes of the situation? William, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate you bringing that up. 855-453. Maybe you'd like to share uh, your experiences, perhaps similar to JJ, uh, where you had a firearm on you and it kind of changed how you approached a situation. 855-453. SACL, CAI, toll-free line, Free Talk Live. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks, and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves. 855-453, the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that await you there. 
Uh, once again, freetalklive.com here with you tonight. It's Ian. JJ. And Mark. JJ is here courtesy, by the way, of uh, some of his projects, including uh, Freekeen TV at tv.freekeen.com. It's a weekly uh, half an hour long news program and opinion, yep. uh, but news program that uh, you and a number of other activists put together. Nobody gets paid for it. Uh, but it sure would be nice to be able to incentivize the show to get better. And uh, you've been working on doing some uh, a little bit of fundraising. The, the goal is certainly not lofty. Uh, it's $500 is uh, what you're trying to raise to kind of take Free Keen TV to the next level. And uh, that uh, is a is a chip-in that you're running That's over right. at tv.freekeen.com. Is that right? That's right. I, I have a chip-in. It's sort of, And then a blog post I, I reprinted there that sort of explains what's going on, the current status, where we're, we've come from. The upgrades that we want to see, and uh, we had a meeting just after the last show, and we're definitely going to be doing more in-depth reporting that's going to hopefully open some some minds and and, uh, change some viewpoints, as well as promoting the show and getting more people to watch it and, uh, you know, just, just getting a... I guess, a bigger presence in this community. So if you have been watching, because Free Keen TV is a great window into the world of the activism scene, not just in Keene, New Hampshire, but also all across the Shire. That's right. Uh, and it's really a, just a great program. You guys have been working on it now for about a year. And if you've been enjoying watching Free Keen TV, then take a moment to go to tv.freekeen.com and chip into that, you know, 10 bucks, 5 bucks, whatever you sure. can. Throw it in there because it only takes a few people to get to that uh, to that goal once people start throwing some some money in. So if you've been enjoying the production, uh, give, them a, give them a little bit of a, of a handout uh, or a hand up, if you will, over at uh, tv.freekeen.com. But you also have your own production uh, company that uh, that you've put together. And that's that is right. Starfall Media. Yeah, I basically have a YouTube channel, Starfall Media. Search me out on YouTube, and uh, you'll see some demo reels. If you want any video work done, contact me, and we can work something out. Now, uh, that Starfall Media on YouTube, one of the projects you're working on is the After Ron Paul that's right. uh, campaign. And apparently you've upset some of the uh, the Paul bots out there with this. Yeah, I guess some of the people, they don't understand the situation, and especially with video editing and, and producing something like this, a polished professional sort of message video, you need to start this well in advance of your intended release date. So, you know, I have upset some people. They think, oh, well, why are you saying Ron Paul can't win? This is why he can't win because you're already <laughs> planning against them. And it's just like, well, for one, I'm in New Hampshire. The primary is over. So for two, I don't, I really don't think Ron Paul is going to get the nomination given the current, you know, uh, masterminds within the GOP and the current paradigm we're working within. And, uh, you know, there's been a lot more uh, voter fraud claims made recently mm-hmm. because, you know, of his success, I think. so. But regardless, we want to target individuals that are Ron Paul supporters and, and show them the liberty projects and activism going on here in the Shire and perhaps persuade them to either start the projects where they are or to move to the Shire and join in with others. That's exciting, and I know that uh, as soon as more is available on that, you're going to let our audience know how Definitely. they can get involved, because the more that we can spread that concept of, well, what, what do you do after Ron Paul? Because there are going to be a lot of people out there who have just come across Ron Paul for the first time this year, Sure, and you know they weren't around uh, for the 2008 campaign, or maybe they still thought he was a crackpot back then, or whatever. They didn't come across Ron Paul until now, so they you know, may be brand new to the ideas of liberty. They certainly probably haven't heard of the Free State Project or the Shire Society. They don't know that this is going on, even though the Free State Project is like number 50-something in the top uh, 100 uh, libertarian websites out there. It's still pretty 
unknown in the movement, all things considered. And so to bring more attention to this idea of bringing more liberty-oriented people all together into the same place is really important. And that's what you're planning to do with the After Ron Paul campaign is to have a nice, like you said, polished video, ready to roll, ready to go. And whenever you feel the time's right to pull the trigger on that and uh, and release it, that way, you know, if Ron Paul is not uh, nominated – then you'll be able to jump right on that the, the next day or the day of or exactly. whatever and, and really you know funnel as many people who are going to be disappointed and are going to be searching for an answer, searching for the next step. Uh, you'll have that prepared and ready to go for them. So I think it's really a smart uh, concept. Anyway, go to Starfall Media. Search that on YouTube to get more of uh, what JJ's been up to. Are you looking for camping, hunting, survival, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, and boating equipment. ManVentureOutpost.com is family-owned and members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. You're going to get some of the best prices you're going to be able to find on name brand camping, hunting, and shooting gear. Uh, for anything on the internet, from anything on the internet, go check uh, go check out the website, and you can get an additional five percent off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from manventureoutpost.com. It's a coupon code FTL at manventureoutpost.com. We had someone call earlier tonight uh, with a quick update on the Julian Heichlin case out of uh, New York City federal court is where he was facing federal charges for for distributing jury information, distributing information in front of a courthouse in Manhattan uh, where he was arrested. And he's been arrested at numerous courthouses uh, for doing this, for trying to inform potential jurors of their right to use their conscience and vote how they feel about a law, not just the facts in the case. And they were going after him with some criminal charges. But now the news, according to tomorrow's news, apparently it says uh, news from the future. April 20th is the date. <laughs> <laughs> on the piece uh, from the AP, a judge has thrown out charges against a man who urged jurors in multiple East Coast cities from Florida to New Hampshire to sometimes disregard the law and vote their conscience. U.S. District Judge Kimball Wood in Manhattan tossed the case against Julian Heichlin, saying the First Amendment protects speech concerning judicial proceedings as long as the speech doesn't prevent fair and impartial justice. She noted that the essence of the First Amendment is that falsehoods are better exposed through discussion than through suppression. Heichlin, who's a retired chemistry professor, was arrested and charged with a misdemeanor for repeatedly handing out pamphlets to people outside of a lower Manhattan courthouse near the World Trade Center site uh, in October, between October of 2009 and May of 2010, urging a practice known in legal circles as jury nullification. Now, to learn more about jury nullification, you can visit the Fully Informed Jury Association at FIJA.org. That's F-I-J-A dot org. Uh, the U.S. Assistant Attorney, Rebecca Mermelstein, had reminded Wood during oral arguments last month that Heichlin has also regularly distributed pamphlets in front of federal courthouses in Philly, Boston, Tampa, Alexandria, Concord, uh, Springfield, Hartford, Albany, White Plains, etc. She called him a significant threat wow. to the integrity of the judicial system. Let's put this in perspective. To the U.S. government's district attorney here, an 80-year-old man who quietly stands in front of a, uh, a courthouse and hands people pamphlets is a significant threat to the entire so-called justice system. One 80-year-old man with pamphlets. Yep. That's all it is, is the ideas he carries are enough to bring down a lot of this court system and reduce a lot of the victimless crimes... And the behavior sort of modification crimes and just get rid of them together. 
and all you're left with are crimes that have victims, that have damages. And the court system can't sustain in this massive, this complex with that, that little bit of a revenue generation. If one Julian Heiklin is a significant threat, can you imagine if we had 10 of them? Mm. 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. What does it take to get more elderly activists out there who are going to take the same kind of risks that Julian is taking? Because he has been arrested. He has been carted off. He has been hurt. More coming up. Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. Talk live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll free at 855 453. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features you will find on the site. Uh, freetalklive.com, you can go and get signed up for news updates at news.freetalklive.com. We've got emailed updates, Twitter, Facebook. News.freetalklive.com will take you there where you can get signed up for free. Once again, news.freetalklive.com, 855-453, the toll-free number here tonight. With you, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. And uh, we'll continue here with update on Julian Heiklin, who is definitely uh, somebody who's a hero of mine. Uh, I had the honor of being able to introduce him at the last Porcupine Freedom Festival, which was pretty cool because, you know, he's he's awesome. I mean, <laughs> Julian Heiklin is a really brave dude. Well, yeah, he's, he's earned the, what is it, superior threat or... Uh... Uh, significant threat uh, sort of status. To the integrity of the judicial system, according to the judge, no, excuse not me, the not judge, the judge, the, the assistant U.S. attorney, uh, Rebecca Marmelstein. Marmelstein. Well, is, for, for her to say that and the charges to be thrown out in yeah. the same sort of situation, I think that's uh, kudos to Julian and kudos for that judge for you know, having at least part of his That's Kimba Wood. Right. The judge was not sounding good pr- uh, prior to this. There was a previous article that we'd read about this particular story where the judge didn't sound like she was a friend of Julian Heiklin's at all. In this case, she has ruled to throw out the charges against him and, and upheld the First Amendment. Uh, in his case, he was handing out jury nullification Judges aren't supposed to be friends to either side, frankly. So... You know, I mean, it looks like looks like she did the right thing. She did, and uh, of course, is Julian Heiklin going to uh, get any of his time back, any of his money back that he spent on defending himself? If Probably the charges not. have been thrown out, he can sue. Wood, by the way, wrote that uh, the judge wrote that Heiklin did not violate the law by handing out to pa- handing out pamphlets discussing the role of juries in society and urging jurors to follow their consciences regardless of instructions on the law. She said the. Law would only be violated if Heikland tried to influence the action or decision of a juror on a specific case pending before that juror. And she's absolutely right, and that's why Julian Heikland should also have never have been convicted of jury uh, tampering down in Florida, the- where he's currently facing six months behind bars. He's already served several days, I think a, a- Two or three weeks. Were the charges dismissed with prejudice, meaning that it's now considered precedent and it can be used in the ca- in the Florida case? This is not made clear mm. in this particular case. In Florida, it sounds he- like it was dismissed with prejudice by the the statement there by Kemba Woods. Yeah, would that be precedent that you could use? I wouldn't see why it wouldn't be. Yeah, you can know. try to use it. She's got a statement right it's there. New York versus Florida, though, so they that's still- it's still case law. Well, actually, excuse me, it's not New York; it's it's federal court. So yeah, that in theory should be case law. Right? Well, anyway, he is uh, still facing trouble down in Florida where he was convicted 
of uh, jury tampering Jeez. for doing the same exact thing, handing out these flyers, which which do not address a specific case. These are generic flyers about the idea of jury nullification and the concept. Uh, it's pr- promoted by Fully Informed Jury Association at Fiji.org. It has nothing to do with telling a juror what to do in the case that they're on. Nope. Nothing whatsoever. And uh, so g- good on Julian Heiklin. I'm glad those charges got dropped. Uh, there's a little bit more here from the court. The judge wrote that uh, the court's holding merely maintains the existing balance that federal courts have found between freedom of speech and the administration of justice. Attempts to tamper with a jury in order to influence the outcome of a trial or grand jury proceeding are still clearly prohibited. Heiklin was uh, representing himself in the case, but he did have a couple of defense lawyers, I guess, on standby counsel, who apparently did take over at one point and argued First Amendment issues before Wood. Prosecutors declined to comment, and... uh, So there you go. That's the end of that story. I love the prosecution's quote in this one. He represents a significant threat to the judicial system. That's great. That's crazy. That's all. Basically, and a lot of people talk about activism they can do. This is one of those those sorts of activisms that isn't isn't very in your face. It isn't very dangerous. It isn't sort of like you're not running from the police or anything like that. You're handing out pamphlets to individuals, but you can still get arrested for it. You can, of course. But as we've seen in, in several cases, you know, he's been uh, – how many how many times has he been arrested and found a not dozen guilty or, so. or charges thrown out? Frequently. So there's a lot of case law that you maybe you could use. I don't, I don't know. In theory. But you've got to be prepared for that, right? I mean it, it's, it's important to make sure people know that in this country, the things you think that are your rights don't actually exist. And they will be uh, – you know, they will be taken away from you at a moment's notice – and so whenever you go out to do any form of outreach, no matter how benign it seems, you know, I'm just handing out flyers. What's the big deal there? Handing out flyers on the steps of a courthouse. You are not handing them out in the free speech zone. You're right. under arrest. I mean, this is serious. They actually have free speech zones at the courthouse in Orlando. They've got a taped off area wow. in the back courtyard where nobody goes where they put you in. Yep. Your rights exist only in the Bill of Rights. Well, you can't use them in real life. I would, I would, I would sort of put an addendum to that statement, and sort of uh, the free speech aspect is: it's not so much free speech; it's more the message that you're carrying. If you're going to go into society today in this police state, and you're going to carry an anti-status quo message, mm-hmm. an anti-state message, an anti—you know—stick uh, your head in the sand and ignore everything around you and live in an illusion sort of message. Well. You're going to get sort of some blowback. You're going to be targeted. Yeah. For sure. And so just be aware of that. And I, But I agree with you, JJ. This is – jury outreach is a good activist project. It's one that doesn't require a whole lot of people. You can do it with a handful of folks. Of course, the more you have, the safer you are because you can have more cameras, cameras and, and things stuff, like yeah. that around and numbers matter. Uh, but all that said, it's risky. And uh, especially in places that are not New Hampshire. Now, here, we've had no problems. Uh, I've been doing jury outreach yeah, here. The feds here didn't do anything. Just about every federal. When uh, Julian court- Heiklin came here. Yeah, when Julian Heiklin goes to a federal courthouse, he almost always has trouble. Not because he's almost always alone. Because when he came here, there were forty people that came out oh, to yeah. support Jeez. him. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, numbers the, matter. The, 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 I don't think they even came out to say anything to him. No, they absolutely completely ignored the crowd of people out in front of their building. Mm. So uh, the other thing that I wanted to point out was I've been doing jury nullification outreach here for the last few years uh, on a regular basis at the uh, county courthouse from which I'm now banned. But I'll still go out and do it because I can stand on the sidewalk. And uh, the only thing that's ever happened to me is the cops came out one time and told us to not open the door for people. They said, don't be courteous. 
And uh, so I went ahead and opened the door for them when they went back in because I didn't care what they said. <laughs> um, and kept opening the door for people anyway. But that's the worst that it, that's the worst that's happened to us here is the cops came out and made themselves look foolish. That's all. They left us alone. They never ch- threatened us with jury tampering or, or anything like well, that. Well, now we'll see what happens. Now with their knee-jerk reaction of banning people from various properties, you know, who knows it next time you someone goes out, if they're with you. I mean, I, I wonder how many more banning by associations that are going to happen. It's happened to Pete Ayer from CopBlock.org. He got banned uh, because we were banned originally for singing in the parking lot to the bureaucrats and asking them questions and you know trying to hold them accountable on video. Pete Ayer never did any of those things in the parking lot. He didn't sing at the courthouse, and they banned him just because he walked up there with me one day. So it's a total targeting well, of activists is what it is. And they went after Derek J for being on the sidewalk. They called that trespassing. Well, they're going to show video, I think, that shows he was up by the front door. Okay. That's their claim, at least. All right. But the other the counterclaim is that there was someone there that was dressed like Derek J that day. So the question is, was it Derek J or was it somebody else? We may not actually get to find out because Derek is currently considering uh, taking the plea deal because he's facing 14 criminal charges at this, uh, at this point. And he got I in. Understand why he would. He got in way over his head. Eight five five four fifty three. Let's go to Helen, listening in New York and Ithaca to WNYY. Hello, Helen. Hi. Hey there. Good evening. Hey. What's on your um, mind? I'm calling from Ithaca. Hi. You are. And uh, Ron Paul is as we speak. He's here in Ithaca. Oh, great. He, he he was at Cornell. Well, you know, I think you refer to me as Helen, the socialist. No, that's how you refer to yourself. But, but that's fine. We'll call you that no, if you like. No, I didn't refer to myself as that. I heard I heard people call in and refer to me as Helen the Socialist. I, I think that's because France you've and... called yourself a socialist in the past. So we'll that call might you why. lovely, Helen. No, Go I ahead. I lived in France, and I thought that system. Okay. So anyhow, so I had to uh, run an uh, errand doing something. Uh, I have a very um, ill animal going to mm. vet school, and I, I wasn't planning on going you know, I would con- I, and I didn't confront them. I was about to use the word confront them. But I was just walking by um, the Ron Paul supporters who were in front of the liner rink, which is where the hockey games are played and people do ice skating and stuff. Helen, I want to hear the rest of your story about your interaction with the Ron Paul rally today. So stick with us. We'll bring you back. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves here. Bring up whatever's on your mind in the remaining moments, which are next. It's Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want. Toll-free number here in the remaining moments, 855-450-FREE, allows you to take control of the airwaves. Tonight, it's Ian with you. JJ. And Mark. And our number again, 1-855-450-3733. Join us over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that await you there. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, shop with us. Go to shop.freetalklive.com. You'll be able to enter different Amazons there at the shopping page. Uh, Once again, that's shop.freetalklive.com. You enter the Amazon of your choice, U.S., U.K., Canada, and then get your shopping taken care of. 
And Free Talk Live got a cut of the purchase price. It's the same great Amazon experience that you're used to. It's just you're starting through our links at shop.freetalklive.com. We continue here and go back to Helen, listening in Ithaca to WNYY. Now, Helen, you said you just so happened to be coming by uh, the location where Ron Paul yeah. was speaking to today. Yeah, I was walking through campus because I have a, a pet who's seriously ill, and I had to go to the vet school and get some stuff done. And that it was right on route because I walk a lot. So, um, And so I stopped and chatted with these people. Um, they were very nice people. Um, there, there weren't any protesters against libertarianism, but I'd say that I was talking to all of them, and um, we had a very, you know, positive talk. And it was ma- mainly like 15 against one, because there were about 15 of them. It's you tough. Know, and the t- their t- talk wasn't going to start for two or three hours, so it's, you know, I'm sure more people showed up than 15. But, um, yeah, so... Um, you know, um, they were—I um, don't know—they're they, very against having some kind of health care system, and I can't understand. I that. think when you when you say they're against having a health care system, I think by that you mean a, a government-run health care system. I think most people support health care. It's just that they perhaps don't want to have the government force them to participate in something with which they disagree. Yeah, but how else are we going to do it? Every industrialized nation has this single-payer system or Medicare for all, whatever you want to call it. I think that might be one of the problems. Um, The United States is the largest economy in the world by a good percentage, depending on how you you cut it up. I mean, some people say that China is going to eclipse the United States, but um, certainly not per capita. Um, so the United States is the largest market. When you consider that the rest of the that um, you know, when government gets involved, innovation tends to die down. Um, it's when you have a, a marketplace full of competition that innovation tends to increase. Currently, well, I think competition breeds greed. You know, that's well, one of I, the problems. You could you can call uh, you know self interest greed if you want to, but certainly we all go to work in order to get paid. Um, you know, and some people want to get paid more than oh, others. I, I'm not a lazy butt who hasn't no, worked. You know? I'm not saying you are, but but these people, they, they like they're denying. People have died because of the decisions that these people in the insurance industry have made. People have died. Uh, people die all the time in industrialized nations with single pale health care because of decisions that governments make. And all you're doing is transferring the decision. They, the unpleasant decision as to who dies. Sometimes people people die simply because they can't pay. Um, actually, like in Scandinavian countries, and I, I lived in France for a while, and um, they don't make those decisions. Well, it's maybe that's like maybe it's better in those countries, uh, Helen. But there was a news story we were sharing the other day on this program about. A uh, 76-year-old man in uh, Great Britain who was told by his doctor there that essentially he was too old to receive the surgery that he needed to help us to stick his uh, well, terminal cancer. Well, England is as bad as we are. I'm sorry? It, uh, England is not the example. It's it, continental Europe. Well, they do it in Canada as well. And, you know, just, just because you throw out there that Scandinavia is this perfect place doesn't mean it is because you don't live there. Per- Put words. I didn't say no one is perfect. But you made the statement that they're not putting people to death there, and you don't know because you don't live there. You're not tuned into the news, so you don't really know what's going on there, right, Helen? No, but there uh, there are <laughs> there are stats, you know, that say um, 
what's the organization? You think they're going to admit on on paper the the amount of times that they're sending old people to their death because they're not giving them treatment? You think when they don't treat someone that that shows up as a statistic? Now now, now you sound like a conspiracy theorist because you really think that that's happening with people? (laughs) I just gave you an example of of where it's happening in Great Britain. It It costs money to treat people, Helen. Right. So and if they don't hold on just a second, Ian, you're yelling and and it's 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 frustrating. Um, You know, it costs money to treat people. Some people are worth treating more than others. Do you want to give a full lung and heart transplant to a 98-year-old person? You're going to say, no, how long are they going to possibly live? I I, I would not give a heart transplant to Dick Cheney and some person did that. Right. So, I mean, you know, you're looking at somebody's making these decisions. Therefore, somebody's making a life or death decision. And the other point that I didn't get to... Well, when you're dead, how can you decide? (laughs) You can't talk it, you know? What? You know, uh-huh. How you, does that you have to do with something anything? something on your driver's license and you say, I'm willing to be an organ donor. And I, I was an organ donor, but actually I stopped driving. So how, I, how is that relevant to what we're discussing right now, Helen? Well, you're talking about giving organs to people. No, I don't think you're really understanding where what we're talking about. In these countries where governments are in charge of health care, they have to make decisions because budgets are limited. And so, therefore, well, how do we spend the resources that uh, we have allocated to this healthcare system? People come in, they have problems. You've got somebody who's 35 years old, they have a problem, they're paying taxes, they're actively, uh, you know, paying into that system. You've got somebody who's 85 years old, they're retired, they're no longer paying taxes. So the system looks at that person as a liability instead of an asset. They don't look at them right, as, well. as a human being that needs assistance. So they just tell this old person, well, we're sorry, but we're just not going to treat you. And good luck. Have a nice day. We're going to go ahead and treat these younger people who are taking care of us because they're paying money into the system. I don't think that's right, Helen, and I think that people should be able to get treatment regardless of what their their situation. But the government uh, one-size-fits-all system doesn't have that level of compassion. And, and you're forgetting that the United States hasn't been this, this uh, terrible place with people dying all the time. In fact, before the government intervention programs or the uh, safety nets, a lot of private charities, churches, and various uh, hospitals did their own sort of fundraising to help the poor people or to pay the bills. Or they didn't even charge them if they knew they couldn't pay. In fact, a lot of the, the this uh, whole uh, outcry about health care is all started because the government got involved. Before the government got involved, before the government started making mandates, regulations, and then getting in bed with the insurance companies or, or whatever sort of money schemes that the politicians get their hands on. There was a lot of private charity that helped these people, but that's all overlooked by this uh, this, this pie-in-the-sky sort of philosophy that's touted about by a lot of people. A lot of people overlook the historical facts of that this country didn't have people dying in the streets left and right. They had people taking care of people. It wasn't government taking care of people. You you can't rely on charity. I mean, I'm a no, I'm no. A you can. Person. You are false. That statement you just made is false because past history. I just stated that that's what people did. Yes, they relied on charity. They relied on families. They relied on communities. They relied on churches. They relied on hospitals well, do, to just are, be generous. Are you the expert historian, statistician. Like I myself have never had to do this. I'm healthy. When I lived in France, I went to a doctor like twice in four and a half years. So I paid more into the system than I took out. That's why we need a general system. We so you we just don't need. So you just don't really care what JJ is saying about how mutual aid societies existed and how people took care of I each care other. What anyone huh? Saying. I, uh, no, I, I, 
like I know I'm a caring person, and I'm assuming that it's you those are other also, people that aren't right, but, Helen. I mean, I've been on this planet long enough. So to you're a caring person. Other people are greedy. Ah, yes. And they will pay. And this is really what it breaks down to. The difference between you and I, Helen, is that you don't believe in other people. You think they're evil and greedy. I give them the benefit of the doubt. Doesn't sound like it. You just said they're greedy. No, I said some people are. How many? Can't always. How many? What percentage? Oh, I don't know. Should I go out on the street and count I mean, them Statistics seem to be important. You, you must think it's a significant percentage, right? Because you want to force everybody into this system. So you must think a, a significant percentage of people are likely to not help their, you know, their neighbor. It doesn't affect me personally. Like, my health is good and stuff. And I've paid more out than I... So I am a generous How, how many people are not so, generous? How many people are a bunch of spendthrifts who will never help their neighbor in a time of need? How many I know people? They are. I've worked in law and stuff. So I know. What percentage out of a hundred people? I, I want to make a. I want to make a point here, Helen. Giving money to the government to help other people yeah. for their uh, stuff isn't generous because you've got to give it anyway. And wanting other people to give money to the government that's not generous because it's not your money. Generous is giving money to private charities. That's what generosity is. Or your next door neighbor, or whoever it is that, that needs help. So, how many out of a hundred people, Helen, do you think are not generous and who will not help their neighbors I, in need? I have no idea. But you, you say you don't have go out on a limb. Government, why, go, go why out on a limb. No, no. It, this whole collectivizing. Why would you the fact that you you see people as groups of people and you're you're a collectivizing sort of individual until you realize that everybody is an individual and that you should be talking about people as if they are individuals. You're never going to understand. The, the current paradigm of well, life. I think the underlying concern here is that wa- the people want that Helen wants people taken care of, and I want people taken care of too. I'm just not convinced that one single payer health care is the way to do it. I'm not convinced that using force on peaceful people is ever justified, and I never will be. Thanks, Helen. Appreciate it. See. You. Available now. Four new songs from Raja Mojo. That's R-A-J-A-M-O-J-O. Raja Mojo. I am today at Amazon, iTunes, Napster, and at a discount at cdbaby.com.